Hello, gearheads. You know him from Who Are These Socials? And why are you laughing? And for more info, go to blindmike.net for all links Blind Mike related. So without further ado, here is the host of the most popular podcast in the universe, Blind Mike Geary. Yeah, I like her laying on a little thick, it seems. She's a big fan of yours. Well, that's debatable, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was chastised yesterday. Oh, no. <laughs> I suspect that uh, most popular podcast in the universe was slightly sarcastic. Because, <laughs> because, so, uh, I'm sorry, two days ago, I guess, right? I was on Point Dabble Point, mm-hmm. Stuttering John Roundtable. You'll never talk about him. Yeah. Well, not on this program, no. <laughs> That's why they they call me in like uh, uh like Winston Wolf, you know, <laughs> or John. Rocker. I solve problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I talking talking with the boys, and uh, Kevin Brennan's name came up, and uh, I brought up a point that, really, as it is, point devil point. My point was that uh, when Kevin Brennan like talks about people's status and this guy's a nobody or I'm bigger than this show, mm-hmm. I brought up an analogy I've used before. From when uh, Kevin Brennan was going after our boy Hack Ride. You remember right. that? I do remember that. And uh, the analogy I used was I said, you know, Kevin keeps saying he's bigger than Hack Ride. Like Hack Ride's a nobody and, and Kevin's above him somehow. I was like, if you take the grand scheme of YouTube and Hack Ride is at one end and, you know, Mr. Beast is at the other, Kevin's a hell of a lot closer to Hack Ride. <laughs> So I don't I don't know who he thinks he is where he gets this sense of um prestige that comes with his name. Like the I think with, with Hackride I was like are you is your channel bigger than Hackride's a little I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things not really. Right. Um so, and that's the point I made. Never didn't think anything of it. I get done with the show and I see a message from DJ Electrofry. Uh-oh. Our friend. Oh no! Or so I thought. Oh no! Uh, hey, did you did did you really just uh, say that on a spectrum of YouTube, Hack Ride was at the bottom? And I said, uh, well, it was really more about Kevin Brennan thinking he was better than Hack Ride in some way. And she's like, didn't come off great. Uh. And I said, uh, I said this is an analogy I've used. With Hack Ride before. Like, I think when he was on the show, I said the same thing. Mm-hmm. And she goes, and that makes it okay? This is for real? I swear to God. Oh, my God. Is this a good hey, time? Is this a good time to reveal that she made that entire intro herself? This is, this is what a pussy I am, is I thought of that. I was like, oh, she does cuts clips for the show and makes the intro and stuff. I apologized. <laughs> I was like, hey, sorry, you know, sorry if it came off weird, I guess. You allegedly a ins- coward. <laughs> insulting hack ride, but you apologize to DJ Electrify. Yeah, I don't I, I, I don't get it. But she was like, seemed very mad. And then I messaged hack ride about it. And he's like, oh, she's joking. Uh-uh. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think she got very angry at me. <laughs> I mean, for she- something I can't fathom how you thought like. Just explain that analogy. Try explaining what I said in a way that's insulting to Hackride. That was a compliment. 
Right. You know, <laughs> I was you defending know, my guy. You know this guy, Kevin Brennan, who we consider, you know, I guess successful to a point. Like he's well, making Kevin, money. The, the point was Kevin's been in the business for 35 right. years and wrote for SNL and had a sitcom and his podcast in the grand scheme of things is not that much bigger than Hackride. Should I send uh, Electrify? I send the same, by the way, I used Hackride because Kevin was talking about Hackride. I've used me in the same analogy. Right. Should I send Electrify an invite? Let's get an explanation. No, because we, we, I think we hashed it out. I apologized. All right. <laughs> and All right. she accepted my apology. <laughs> no, I think, I think we're in a fine place now, but I was so uh, taken aback by it. That's, that's alarming. I can't, I can't yeah. wait to, you know, what happens when you say something like that about her? It wasn't even about her. Well, that's the thing is like, I've made fun of her on here. And then when we're done, I'm like, Hey, sorry if I made fun of you too. And she's like, Oh no, don't worry about it. You're, you're getting attacked by the penis wrinkle lady, but I wasn't making fun of hack ride. That's the thing. No, it was a compliment. This is the response I get when I defend hack ride. <laughs> yeah. He's saying hack ride saying he's got muscle now. Yeah, I don't, it, it's intimidating to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's very funny. It's once every few months we have a dust up with Hackride Studios, <laughs> and I am one hundred percent in the right every time, <laughs> and yet I apologize. I don't know what's wrong with me. No, he uh, remember when we said that we hey we liked uh, having a woman do the intro. Yes, that didn't happen. Remember, that was your fault too. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was my fault when I very seriously said that. <laughs> I enjoyed that one very much. No, but it's, it was weird because this, this, in this round, Hackride was like the level-headed adult. <laughs> I, I had to run to him and be like, she's being weird. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. He's patting the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, buddy. But yeah, she really... Uh, yeah, she really got in my grill about it. She defends her man. Are, are they like dating or something? I don't know. I was like, what the hell is this? I, I think if there's like uh if there's YouTube show, husband and wife, they're definitely together. Okay. I don't know if that's a All thing right. or not. You know, All right. So she got defensive of her. Uh, her oh, you're going to get a DM later. Her work husband. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah that's get, what it is. Get ready to be dressed down. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'm, I swear to God, I'm, I'm a friend. <laughs> All right. Enough. Enough. Uh, banter is one show I'm on would call it because we've got a guest to introduce our uh, good friend, a regular on the program for God's sake. Now uh, it would be our buddy, David Collins. Hi, David. Hello, David. He's muted. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> How <laughs> are you? DJ Electrify. I'm such a big fan of that DJ Electrify. I'm doing well. Thanks so much for asking that DJ Electrify. I'm a big fan of almost everything she does. Who knew she was just a firebrand though, putting you on your heels. That was a fun story to listen to. Are you are you suggesting that she was in the right in that exchange? Well, if somebody needs to, if she was offended, she certainly has the right to address it between right. you and you and her personally. I thought that was great. It's odd that you would air those DMs out live. Here, but. <laughs> you know, believe all women. I always say. Well, it's content for the show, David. You know, I think I think any exchange we have like that is uh, fodder for the right. show. No, you're, you're a podcast fan. Well, that's a good point. I like to keep things separated, though. Hackride and Electrify, a husband and wife radio duo. I'm a big fan of those. That would be a great show, wouldn't it? That would be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, Hackride it, and Electra in the mornings. It is a great show. They do a show often. They do. A, they're doing a show right now, I think, against ours. They like Hackride's been streaming for 64 hours. I think it's pre-recorded, right. but still, he's he he's in the comments. Hackride's in the comments section. So if he's that 
capable of multitasking. That's impressive. Well, it pre-recorded. Oh, oh, oh. thanks, Hack. Get the wax out of your ears. It is very confusing. In one corner, it says live, and in the other corner, it says not live when you're watching. So it's not exactly clear. (laughs) I think that's part of the mystery, David. And speaking of live streams, by the way, I was in David's first live stream the other night in the chat. And is that going to be a regular thing? Because I think I could watch you play chess every weekend. Oh, that that would be interesting. I'm a big fan of board games, so maybe we'll try something. You know, I was just informed. I've been calling it Battlefield. Apparently, it's Battleship, but i also a big fan <laughs> of Battleship. But I do play a lot of board games. Maybe we'll bring that chess live stream back. It was just a little test to see how easy it was for us to just broadcast live like that. And it actually turned out to be a lot easier than I thought. YouTube tried to tell me that it was going to take 24 hours as some sort of waiting period. I said, no, thank you, and was streaming and within another 30 minutes. Had a boy. Stick it to the man. Did you see this, Craig, by any chance? I honestly got lost halfway through whatever he was just explaining. It's it's very soothing. He he play he went live Friday night mm-hmm. and he was just playing chess and talking to the people in the chat and there was a little music in the background. It was a lovely uh you know weekend night programming. I could get Well, I'm so that. glad that you enjoyed it. Maybe we'll have to do that again a little more organized. We are far away from any battery life, so we were really on limited time there doing a little <laughs> test. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and um, well, one thing yeah. I heard you mention in that live stream, David, is uh, are, are tickets available now for David Collins' 30 minute half hour show live? They are. Who knows how you get them, though? Hopefully, everybody can just get oh. them at the door. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to get them. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, we haven't worked that out. I'm sure there's a way. You know, I've said the venue's name, so I'm sure in a certain way, but who really knows? What's the it's going to be a great show. We have it so well planned out. There's going to be guests and prizes, and it's going to be a fantastic show. So let's say I'm in. I'm going to be in the Iowa area. What, what do I do to get tickets? You just go to the Lucky Cat in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It is a. It is a. a you know, a venue that I don't expect to sell out. Okay. All right, but that's what February 9th? is that right? February 9th. It's just two Super Fridays. Bowl weekend. Go, right. uh, go hang with David Collins, the boys. Be an exciting weekend. Everybody will have fun Friday through Sunday. Super yes. Bowl pre-show, as they call it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you do that. Go check Talking out David a lot Collins. about that live show. We're really looking forward. We're also working on a reality <laughs> show, which we've already started filming. Oh. So we're excited for that. I'm going to be working on eventually, hopefully within the next few months, we're talking to comedy club managers. I'm showing up to these mics. We're working on getting booked on a few gigs. And then hopefully within a few months, we can film this progression. I'll be headlining at a club somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah, so you're getting, you're officially getting into stand-up. You're entering the world of stand-up. Right, we're going to give it a shot. We're talking with other people. We're writing our material. You know, right now I'm trying on a new five minutes <laughs> tomorrow, team? and I'm be hosting at a Monk's Comedy Under the Club mic. I'm not sure it's something like that. You're not good at uh, learning the venues you're going to be at. I, I would make that adjustment, I would say, when you're promoting yourself. Yeah, write that one down for sure. Yeah. He's writing it down. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's a good tip. <laughs> We're going to receive a lot of know. criticism, you know, even still. And it's just a way to remind it. But this local club I refer to as Chicago's The Comedy Bar in Dubuque. Many people just call it Dubuque's The Comedy Bar, but we're learning. I love Chicago. Okay. Right. The chemistry between you two. <laughs> Um, so David, that, that, that when's that reality show going to start? I'm excited to see that. We're already filming. We want to get, we want to get some episodes out at the end of February there, but it's tough to kind of plan out such a project, but we're certainly putting it together and it should be great. What, uh, what style of, co- I've heard you ask your guests this, what style of comedy would you say you do? 
Well, you know, we're finding, I've always considered myself a bit of a storyteller, but we're finding that I'm writing a lot of these quicker jokes. You know, I'll tell you, I don't want to give too much away, but I'm a big fan of this opener. We go on stage and I'm looking at my notebook and I'm ignoring the audience. And then I turn and I say, oh, sorry, didn't see you there. (laughs) And then I put my notebook down and I grab the mic and I say, of course I saw you. I'm on stage. <laughs> I love, David, I think that's gold. I, I like it. that a lot. Well, I thanks so it. much. We're just working. We have a good opener, a good closer, and then we're working on those quick jokes in between. Okay. I mean, that's going to crush. Well, would you say uh, you're, it sounds like your style is a little like Mark Normand? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, but it wouldn't make sense. I'm sure that has something to do with my roots. <laughs> I think well, it's an awful lot like Mark Norman. <laughs> well, well, guess we might be getting to uh, Mark Norman in a moment. Speaking but of me, Mark Norman, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Thank you, David. You caught on right in time. That was exciting. Uh, but first, I do want to tell people go check out David Collins' 30 minute half hour show on YouTube right now. He got a big bump. From our friends over at uh, WATP, I say get him to a thousand subscribers for God's sake. Get David monetized, will you? Um, And then uh, go to blindmike.net as well uh, for this program. Support this show and WATS and Why You Laughing and uh, all of that. All the links are at blindmike.net. Subscribe to the Patreon. Become a YouTube member. Craig, I'm told we can give out gifted memberships. Do you know how to do that? See, Hackride keeps telling me that, and then he doesn't tell me how to do that. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we can't. But I think well, he knows. Sign up yourselves then. Yeah. <laughs> and once I figure that out, we got it. Okay. Well, it's interesting. It's funny you bring up Mark Normand, David, <laughs> because we actually have a story about him today. And uh, intrepid reporter Mike Geary joining you. Newest viral sensation. Mm-hmm. Did you do these clips? <laughs> As a matter of fact, no, which is so weird to me. What this whole thing was, this week to me, was uh, one of the many statements we've seen about how terrible journalism is. Because I went on Reddit Thursday morning. I saw this video on the Fighter and the Kids subreddit and the Tuesdays with Stories subreddit. I don't know if it was anywhere else, but it was posted on two different accounts. So I just took the video and was like, no one seemed to have any answers. So I said, hey, anyone know what's going on here? And then, like, the USA Today and New York Post used it as news. It's currently at 23 million views. Literally a guy, a blind guy, saying, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good enough source for them to run with. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, we'll play the video and then uh, we'll break it down. David, are you familiar with this video yet? I am. I was trying to figure out what happened all yesterday. I'm not exactly sure. It's a very confusing story. And then the venue I'm sure you're going to get to has come out with a statement even more confusing. But I'd love to see this again. Correct. Yeah. So I I may have some answers, but first let's play the video. Buddy. Okay. All right. Hey, how are we? Oh, can I say one thing right there? That to me is a Mark Norman fan was just like, oh, that's one of his like anal praise Allah. I'm Kevin Hart. Somebody got tased is one of those little things that he says. Yeah. Right. That was in a lot of the reports. Like there was someone, one of the, one of the audience members was tased. 
No, and I saw in like a lot of the replies I got people being like, it must've been pretty serious if they brought the tasers out. Yeah. He was talking about the person who went up on stage, got tased as they were getting taken out. But did they actually, I can't tell. There looks like there's a commotion down the hall. So he might be telling the right, truth. But what, I, what I'm saying is I don't, I don't think Mark saying that is any indication that it actually happened. It's I just certainly a, one of his quirks. Would you yeah. not believe that anybody was tased based on that comment? Certainly not. Yeah. But a lot of people were like, oh, well, the comedian said someone was tased. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I really froze there. I went to Mitch McConnell. All right. That's a very funny line. Okay. The lady we're about to meet. Yeah. And there, there might, there's a different angle to this that we'll get to in a second, but just for, for the sake of having fun with this video, this woman is the worst equipped to handle an incident like this on the face of the planet. Correct. There's never been, if you were making a training video for how to handle an incident, this would be the example of here's what not to do. Yeah. yeah. Everything's fine, guys. Guys, everything's fine. Um, we just had a momentary... No, Interruption. Um, uh, just stay. Get up. Get out. The. Oh, uh, uh, hey. So, uh, so everything's fine. And, uh, there's just, uh, there's a, a guy with an AR 15 at the door. So, uh, <laughs> Just fucking leave. Well, that's right? like, that's like the, the energy police said that they're going to need to evacuate the venue. Could we have the most panicky woman go let everybody know? <laughs> yes. That's the world's the world's worst breaker of news is like, all right, oh, sit down. Um, listen, you've got uh, fucking run. <laughs> you've got uh, you've got 90 days to live. And then uh, and then after that 90 days, we're going to check back in and you'll probably be okay. Odds are that you're going to be fine. But she, she has the energy of someone who's staring at someone holding the pin of a grenade and she, she was told not to say anything and changed her mind halfway through. She, right. She's, she the, tells, uh, she's the, she's the arrested development doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you're if going says, to be all right. <laughs> if she says the words, we need to leave, the building will explode. So she's trying to figure out how to get this out delicately. <laughs> Yeah, it's like she's saying it on the phone while her kidnappers are like, don't you fucking tell them anything's happening. Everybody, but, pizza has arrived. Please make your way to the pizza truck outside. That would hey, be much hey, better. We're all, we're all cool. Everything's great. Now run for your lives. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, so we're about to find out something in a minute. If you don't already know, this woman might be an actor. If she Which is, if she, she is. She she's kind of doing a tremendous job. Oh, I disagree. I feel like well, she, she it depends on what the scene is. I guess that's true. I will have to see the final product. Maybe she, but she yeah, killed it. Let's. Wait, here's a thing I want to focus on at the end of this video. Whatever this is, if this is a prank or whatever, the audience doesn't seem to be in on it. Hackride with a perfect comment for what this energy is. The towers are fine. No, they fell. <laughs> it's uh Regis Philbin. Yeah. 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 Uh, so folks, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> but but the, the audience doesn't seem to be in on it, which is why I think this is kind of fucked up. Like oh yeah. There could be there could be people with 
disabilities in the audience, like a pregnant woman, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know the factors involved of what this audience could be made up of. And they're like, Hey, uh, we're all fine guys. Uh, no one do anything fucking crazy. Was this in New York? These kind of hoaxes get, must be illegal in New York at this point. It is. Yeah. It was, um, New York comedy club or, uh, yeah, New York Comedy Club. Now, if I ever visit New York, I'm constantly going to be at fear of a terrorist attack. I don't think you can play <laughs> these kind of jokes at this the, uh, the venue. Da- David, maybe you could use this in your act when you get on stage and just go like, grabbing hey, his guys, notepad. everything's cool. Don't be freaked. <laughs> you, get, you get a lot of pub if you do it that way. Not to yeah. give anything away, we have we have a joke where <laughs> we're thinking about introducing a fake gun into the live show. <laughs> I'm not sure David, if that's. Gonna... I wouldn't, David. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would avoid the fake gun for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, those bits might work hand in hand. You know what I heard about this, Mark Norman? Though I heard there were eight to ten foot aliens in the building, and Mark Norman couldn't make a joke about it, so they had to cancel the show. <laughs> Possible. It could have happened. <laughs> anyway. We need everyone to run in a full panic, I don't, please. I don't know why, like from a legal standpoint, I don't know why what these two did is different than yelling fire in a crowded movie theater. Well, to right. be fair, like, legitimate, legitimately, <laughs> to be fair, she didn't. He was like, she's like, everything's fine. That guy yelled fire. He's like, just, just fucking get out now. Trample people, put, lie, cheat, beg, borrow, and steal. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> By all means necessary. Please run. Trample whoever's in front of you. There's a great SpongeBob scene where over the loudspeakers <laughs> in, a, in a crowded place, the speakers say, everybody, please run around and panic and run around in circles. It's very much like that, David. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the end of this. Let me check. So I think they're asking for a lot of people said like, oh, they're telling them to delete photos. I think they're asking for photos and videos. Yes, they are. Because the club posted after like, hey, if anyone this was a weird incident, if anyone has any information, uh, please pass it along. Now, what's interesting is um, the, the New York City police and the NYPD was not alerted to a comedy club evacuation. There were no reports or anything of it. Um, and apparently people, and this is what I was going to say on uh, WATS the other night. I just didn't know it for sure. But this is apparently a show affiliated with Donald Glover. So Donald Glover is on the show called Mrs. And Mr. and Mrs. Smith Yep, on Amazon. And in that show, there's like a group called Hey. And so Hey also has an Instagram account and was posting videos like the, like these headlines. Um, there was some incident with Tyra Banks being like, you know, harassed by two people in furry costumes. <laughs> that was another Hey thing that happened, I guess. Mm-hmm. So people think that this is a um, Donald marketing. Glover prank now, I guess. Oh, hi, hi. Hi, hi. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. If we, open up this uh, uh, USA Today article and uh, look at it, Blind Mike right there. Yeah. So for whatever reason, this tweet got like 23 million views. I'm not the original poster. I don't know why mine 
took off like that. Maybe I just tweeted it enough. I think it was early, a, early enough. Well, it was on Reddit first. You might have been right. one of the first on on Twitter. The people on Reddit should have got credit. I literally stole their video and posted it. If only the guy who posted it on Twitter, who stole it, gave them credit. Right. <laughs> so uh, the first thing I heard, um, I saw Jim and Sam retweet this. So I went on to hear if they were talking about it. Maybe Norton knew something. And Norton immediately was like, I think it's a prank. It was good. So good for him for spotting it, I guess. A prank on who? That's uh, that's general. what I don't really get. I guess the audience, which to me seems kind of <laughs> fucked up. Well, I thought Dude, it was. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was a. If it was a prank, it was a prank on Mark Norman because he literally looked so confused. That, the part that seems obvious to me is Norman. I don't think was involved. Definitely not. Now he did. He posted something originally saying, uh, "My team is working on getting to the bottom of this." To which I believe Jim Norton replied, if you ever refer to your team again, I'll come on stage and tackle you. (laughs) (laughs) Seal Team Normand is working on it. (laughs) Which I'm sure is fucking Salacuse making phone calls. But um, yeah, I, I don't know who the ultimate prank is on. I guess it's publicity, which... This is a thing that kind of annoys me, and I mean, it works. Like I said, my dumb tweet got millions of views, so I don't know how many others, like the USA Today and the New York Post wrote about it. So I get it. Got, I guess it got publicity for whatever this Donald Glover show is. People know about it now. But I think that's a really douchey way of getting attention for shows. Like, I hope that's not a new trend now. What's kind of like- exciting if you're an audience member, you say, wow, not only was I a part of this great comedy show for half of the show. Now I'm part of this viral marketing campaign. Well, there were a couple, exciting. There, there was a, there's a couple that has a like joint TikTok that's popular. Ling and lamb. They're called Asian. I know, but okay. Just asking, just asking. Oh, well, that makes sense. They're not Asian. Their name's Ling and Lamb, and they're fans of Mark Norman. This all tracks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <But> yes. Um, <laughs> so they, I guess they were in the audience, and they didn't know what the fuck happened. And they said that the club, like, invited them back for a future show yeah. or something like that. But they weren't in on it, is my no, the, I think the prank was on the crowd and Mark Norman and everyone's getting tickets to a free show of their choosing in the future. Yeah, I guess it's like to get genuine audience reaction, I assume. If I was Mark Norman, I would be like, you better up my fucking pay significantly. Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed. <laughs> like, it seems like an annoying thing. Maybe I, this, this is probably something where I'll look back on this like I'm a fucking idiot in two months when we realize what happened. But mm. on the surface, it does seem very dumb. Yeah, was uh was was um Norman specifically targeted or was it just the timing happened to be that he was on stage? One I don't one. know. Norman is a funny guy to have that happen to. I mean that Mitch McConnell but joke even, on the even fly. Even him was getting funny. off stage is funny. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> he walks really awkwardly. Someone I uh, someone replied to me like he even walks funny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Jim and Sam, while they were trying to sift through the matter. Um, they brought me up in, in very unkind term. David, I'm curious how you feel about this. This feels like uh, bullying to me. Well, I'm no fan of bullying. Good. It looks like it's it looks like it's his video. So is he not saying what's this is blind Mike? Okay, so blind Mike says anybody know what happened here? Okay, so then I would assume he did not go there, or if he did, maybe he was in the audience, but being blind 
was even more I didn't know. He, than anybody else. Yes, he was actually trying to film the back of the room and he just capped against Mark. <laughs> okay, so I... <laughs> David, that seems mean-spirited. Wouldn't you agree? Well, maybe he's honest. Maybe you were looking for an exit. And you were turned around. <laughs> I wasn't there, David. <laughs> right. Well, that's the confusion. <laughs> it's like, keep, forget, keep yeah, slipping my mind. An honest was... misunderstanding, if you ask me. Yeah, so I don't know. I thought the, the so um someone mentioned this in the chat on WATS the other night and I told Carl I was like at the time I couldn't say or I felt like I couldn't say it was a Donald Glover thing cuz I didn't know for sure yet. And then of course people write about it 2 hours later, so I'm just an asshole. But um I didn't know I thought there was going to be a lot more information out like oh by Sunday we'll know everything that happened so we can just talk about it. But now it seems like it's going to be a thing where in three weeks on one of the pre-recorded, uh, like we might be drunk or Tuesdays with stories, Mark's going to tell the story. So yeah. we're not going to know for a month. So I know? have, I have um, the Donald Glover Instagram story on the screen right now. Okay. And this is the part that's confusing. Cause it says quote, hi, hi available now. What is that? What's con- what do you mean? Cause if it's part of a, a show, would it, when that in, infer oh, that it's oh, like it you can watch it? now. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. It's all very strange. Is high, high an elaborate swatting service. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it's kind of demonetized. Like, that. like, so the description of it is like, would you, would you risk it all to have everything or something like that? Which based on this video, I don't understand how this relates. <laughs> I, the part that I did find strange is the guy that went on stage, his coat was so nice that I thought something was up. It was. Oh, it, really? Yeah. Like it, it's, this well, is you're a, a real dumb shoe. Yeah, yeah. This isn't, this isn't the coat of a man who's going to cause chaos. <laughs> the yellow that, hat. That That's a little insight into Craig's politics. David is like, Oh, he's wearing a nice jacket. He couldn't be a criminal. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> stage rushers are usually like, you know, psychos. This guy was just like, look at my fresh In Hollywood. It was a fresh red peacoat. You never see red. Yeah. You know, is it that first yeah. guy with the yellow hat? The way that he gets on stage. When I first saw this, I thought, oh, this man is getting on stage to defend Mark Norman from some sort of attacker going onto the stage. And then it turns out that they're all escorted out. Well, I saw Francis Ellis say that the guy that pulled Norman off stage was Paul Verzi. Um. That doesn't. That looks like a security guy. That doesn't look like Verzi. Yeah, I couldn't tell, but that's what Francis said. I'm not sure. Well, the so the other odd thing about the video is like, why did they make sure? I guess because I guess the club knew there was no emergency, but doesn't it seem odd that they would get Mark out of there before everyone else? I I can see why he like would, if something was going on. I have it back on screen. I can see why he thinks that that might it could be Verzi. I guess, but I don't think it is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he does have a yellow hat. Well, when they find out the show's canceled, the crowd's going to be pretty upset. Maybe they just wanted to get Mark Norman to safety. I suppose. Yeah, it just it seems very strange that he would take priority. But I guess the, the question I'm asking is silly because nothing happened ultimately. This jacket is a nice coat. It is a 10 out of how, 10 coat. How did no one, if the audience isn't in on it, how did they alert, no, like, no one called the police? 
yeah, you'd think when, the, when they're given the illusion that, hey, you're going to be trapped in this basement. You'd think someone <laughs> would just pant. Yeah. Well, I think they call that bystander syndrome or something like that, where you met, you're around so many people, you say somebody else would have called him by now. I'm not going to do anything. I think that's, True. A, that's a common mental disorder. True. Maybe. That's interesting. Bobby Kelly uh, quote tweeted your tweet and was like, look at all yes, these sheep just sitting there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then Bobby said, it's all bullshit anyways, which seems like a weird way of saying this was a prank. Well, maybe yeah. he's been offered the same prank. He seemed like angry about it for some reason. Well, I don't know. Cause like uh, maybe they're pissed at uh, Donald Glover for turning his back on comedy and ruining this man's set. You never know. I guess. I don't know. But Donald Glover had carte blanche to do what he wanted. It seemed. Well, also, we're blaming Donald Glover. He just posted on Instagram about it. We don't know if he has anything to do with it. That's very true. You know, like I'm, that's the that's the other part is we're assuming that this was all Donald Glover. I would imagine and that Donald Glover may be a part of this reason, but it's I would be suspicious that this idea of some sort of viral prank or something like that has just been chopped to many comedians. And a lot of these comedians that are speaking up on it know that they've been offered similar things and suspect that this is probably what that is and immediately just call it crap. Yeah, the, the most disappointing thing is when I thought Mark Norman was like participating in this because <laughs> I was like, oh, what do you do? But I don't think he had anything to do. He seemed more confused than anyone. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I don't know. Any other thoughts on this video before we uh, move on? There's really not much more. Like, I thought we'd have answers by now, but it doesn't seem like we do. I personally can't wait to see where this leads. I hope Mark, well, they, it's going to turn out Mark Norman was the mastermind behind it. And we're all going to be furious. <laughs> well, by the way, the thing I said about like, you know, USA Today and New York Post using my tweet, even though I had no information about what happened, I could have easily cut that up for all they know. And just made it look like something went on. Right. But uh, the other thing was like everywhere is just, they're just publishing. Like this was Donald Glover. They have no idea. Every article you read, even like USA today is like, yeah, Donald Glover and his, and his management didn't answer our phone calls. You may want to, like, okay, you have no fucking idea. You're just putting him in the headline. You may want to post something and make sure you don't end up in any of these future lawsuits. You think, you think I'm in uh, danger, David? I think you're in the crosshairs. Ooh. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try do, and that- you know what? My team is working on it. <laughs> you know, I bet you have a bigger team than Mark Norman does. <laughs> no, I highly doubt it. Not by the looks of that video. <laughs> it wasn't his video, David. The jury's out as far as I understand. <laughs> I like think David's part of our team now. Oh, for sure. Team's growing, baby. Yeah. Did you see uh, Austin Angles on the program last or uh, a couple weeks ago? Did I did. What a pleasure, isn't he a hoot? <laughs> what is your What is your relationship with him? Because I was under the impression you guys were friends, but he didn't seem to have a lot of. Uh, he didn't seem that close to you. Well, where you know how friendly can you be with so many comedians around the area? He's a great person that I love to see. Hmm. All right, that's also vague. He likes him. He's a big fan. <laughs> big fan. All right. All right. Should what we, a great uh, comedian. Move, I think should we move on to some stuff that I think we do have more answers. It's just as mysterious, but I think I know the answers a little bit more. And that would be uh, Mr. Chris D'Elia, who is finally speaking out, really for the first time, on being canceled. Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, who's the interviewer here? So this is... Uh, I, I don't know the gentleman's name. It's Softwood Underbelly. Mark. Do you know do you know his last name? Mark something. That's true. It is Mark something. 
uh, from Soft White Underbelly. So that is a program that I guess typically interviews like drug, like recovering drug addicts and, you know, the downtrodden. And I guess that's where Chris D'Elia falls into this is that he was canceled. And uh, so Mark something I think has had people go after him in the past. So I guess maybe he feels a little sympathetic towards Chris, but this is my only time watching this guy's show, Mm -hmm. but just using this as the barometer, he's a terrible interviewer. (laughs) He didn't push back on anything. (laughs) He doesn't ask a single follow-up. He's a worse interviewer than Shannon Sharp. (laughs) Wow. Shannon Sharp did more to push back against Cat Williams than this Mark character on Soft White Underbelly with Chris D'Elia. Uh, Shannon Sharp just bringing in numbies, though. The biggest podcast of all time. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> it's weird. Um, but yeah, this is the first question. And Chris D'Elia talks about his childhood. Yeah, so this is just what I wanted to set this up to kind of show the tone of the interview. Um, like they go back and talk about Chris D'Elia's childhood and his um, sort of mental health issues, I guess you could call them. Um, so this is setting the scene for Chris D'Elia playing the victim throughout this interview. I said I couldn't sleep when I was a kid. Uh, my parents like took me to these doctors and the doctors were like, show me a bunch of pictures. What do you see when you see this? And I was just like, I don't know, it's fucking a, 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 a face. Is it like, young okay, tits, it's... doc? Is it young tits and pussy? Is that what this is a picture of? <laughs> my slave. <laughs> no, Chris, those are your last nine guesses. <laughs> when they write it Is down, it a young you know? girl in shackles? Is that, why am I seeing that every time? Is that right? I don't know. I'm fucking eight. I don't know if I'm supposed to say a face or a butterfly. And like, uh, and then they're just like, yeah, he's basically, they're just like, yeah, I don't know what they say to them, but like, yeah, your son's just different, you know? And you're like, okay, everyone's fucking different. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out that's true. Actually though. I don't know. Your son's weird. Uh, (laughs) Something's off. Yeah. Good. Good thing. You brought him in to us the medical doctors, because now, you know, he's different than other kids. We can put him on a list early. They mean, yeah, that'll be $9,000. What? He's different. We told you, we gave you the answers you came here for. Is anybody else? Yeah, I distracted remember there was, there was one time where I was in science class, mandatory volunteer cleaning up the side of the highway for the federal. <laughs> oh, what's he wearing? He's dressed. Well, he's wearing a full button down. The top button is buttoned, and it almost seems like the top part of a jumpsuit. It does look like he's missing a high vis vest. He came directly from community service. <laughs> yeah, that what top button being buttoned, I just know, is a whole conversation. Well, David, that's that's a th- he's he's looking contrite. You know, the point of him doing this interview was to gain our sympathy. And I I swear to you, like, I I don't know what Chris D'Elia is guilty of. I only know what he's accused of because he's never addressed the accusations really. Right. In any any sort of real way. So this interview was done entirely to be like, hey, guys, I'm the victim and I'm still not going to address any of the issues. But. I am like the victim and this Mark asshole does nothing to push back. Can we find his last name? People are suspicious that that this Mark fella has some allegations coming down the pipeline for himself. Maybe because he works with all of these, you know, people that are in the sex industry. Maybe he has a scandal coming out of his own, but somebody did point out, I was reading, apparently he recently interviewed a divorce attorney. So he is kind of getting out of that, just the dredges of society and trying to get into more normal people, at least normal people that defends his point of view on possibly affairs and whatnot. Yes. He's trying to interview more normal people. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Chris Delia. Mark Leita, L-A-I-T-A. Leita. Yes, 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 yes. Man, I remember there was, just, there was one time where I was in science class. And the two people that were making fun, that people were, that, that, that the bully was picking on was me and another kid. And um, I remember feeling really bad for the other kid because in my head, I was like, I know, I know, I know I can turn this into me making the bully laugh. And I don't know if that kid can do that. Yuck. Oh, and I did. <laughs> I have a superpower that this man doesn't have. <laughs> I'll laugh him off me. Ah, oh, if only this kid could learn the invaluable lesson of saying words over and over again in different inflections. <laughs> and look, we were 15 back then. And then you become accepted. Yeah, I did. I became accepted to that guy. And I remember the rest of the year, he still kind of bullied that kid. And I didn't defend him at all. Awful. But, <laughs> I, um, did, I did absolutely nothing. Much as I do as an adult, I did nothing for the safety of children. I played cool. I walked around the corner and went, oh, thank God he left me alone. <laughs> I imagine in this story, he's just doing a very funny impression of the other kid that's being bullied. And then they're all ganging up on one person. You just pick a common enemy and then you're out of it. Yeah, this kid should have told, uh, Chris Delia should have told this kid, just be like, I'm being bullied. I'm being bullied. I'm being bullied. Like, just say it over and over again in different ways. And then you could be a comedian that sells out theaters. I don't get what that means. <laughs> I remember, I remember thinking like, I wish, I wish that, I wish that didn't happen. I wish. But I was the truth is I was. But I did nothing about it. Wow, bully. This is so. This is this is like uh, Carl always talks about John stuttering John, the him offering a favor, he will hold against you as if he actually did that favor for you, and this is Chris's thing is like I kept thinking to myself, boy, I wish that kid had a great life. And that's that's pretty much the equivalent of giving this kid. It would be like, it would be so cool if, the bully. It would be so cool if someone who figured out how to get the bully off him helped this kid out have the same thing happen. But fuck that, yeah. man! It'd be great if someone could use their experience to help this kid. Anyways, I was just kind of, but that you know that comedic talent is is an advanced social skill that not everyone has. Yeah, and, and people that are victims get swallowed up. And you know what's funny is. Uh, I'm friends with that bully. Oh today. my! my. <laughs> I like that. He's reveal. maintained one of those relationships. It sounds like. <laughs> I, thought, I thought for sure it was gonna be like I call that kid years later. I made his life better. I gave him a job. He's like, no, you know who's a great guy actually in the story? The bully. the bully. You know, we we actually do a yearly trip where we go egg that guy's house. Hey, you know, what's interesting about the story I'm telling you, Mark, and please don't ask any follow-ups or have any insight on this. I actually sided with the predator in my story. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Anyways, moving right along, because I know you'll have nothing to ask about that. Yeah, naturally, there's nothing wrong with me, right? <laughs> no, there's no pattern of behavior throughout my life, even through my own telling of the story, that would indicate I side <laughs> with the aggressors in a situation. Chris, tooth in the chat says that was a hilarious ending to that story. That might have been the funniest thing he's ever said, and it wasn't we, supposed to be. What a turn. Can we hear the end of that again? Yes, we can. Just because it's it's such a buildup of Chris saying, like, man, <laughs> I felt so bad for this kid because he doesn't have the gift of humor. 
He that, can't perform magic with his words the way I do. This kid can't even make me want to be friends with him. <laughs> and I felt bad for him the whole time. <laughs> this kid was such a loser, and I and I pitied him, and I I hated getting bullied. So here's the result of of that uh, concurrence of events. You know that comedic talent is is an advanced social skill that not everyone has. Yeah, and, and the people that are victims get swallowed up. And you know what's funny is uh, I'm friends with that bully today. <laughs> yeah, my victims do swallow, actually. And you know who's a great guy is uh, Dr. Bill Cosby. <laughs> that bully, actually a great judge, friends to this day. <laughs> Still friends. So that's Chris kind of laying the groundwork. And the first, I would say, 40 minutes of this. I was like, are they just having Chris on to tell sob stories about his childhood and how much he loves his dad? Like, this is literally a question that was asked is, do you love your mom more or your dad more? And he was like, ah, geez, that's a tough one. It's weird. He looks like he's sitting in front of a backdrop that you would have at like school photo day. Right. Oh, what a dream that would be. And and he's just having like (laughs) nom like flashback face. (laughs) Yeah, so Mark Leta of Soft Wet Underbelly is just uh, soft is the best description of this podcast because <laughs> he's lobbing those softballs into Chris saying, hey, no, I'm not going to push back on anything you say. <laughs> even Chris is stunned, as we'll see in this next clip, that he even brings up the thing we <laughs> were like. Well, Chris must have I did, assumed. Chris I didn't. Must- I didn't. Oh, sorry, David. Go on, Mike. It's your show. I'd hate to interrupt. <laughs> I was just going to say that the show starts like it's kind of like they're just having a natural conversation. Like, oh, geez, are these microphones even on? Mm-hmm. And it's Chris going, hey, man, I really love your show. Like, you're doing something really important here. And Mark's like, oh, well, thank you. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we have a, a question about Delia's greatest hardship. And I'm stunned he didn't say his marriage. <laughs> oh, I am married the the old battle axe that I have at home. <laughs> but what's what's been the roughest thing you've had to deal with in your life? In my life, the roughest thing I've had to deal with was uh, being canceled uh, and yeah, committing the rapes. Those were easy. <laughs> <laughs> grooming Those these were easy as pie Groom- getting caught <laughs> grooming these women for four years and maintaining the knowledge of when they turn 18 was really difficult so here's the thing david by the way are you very familiar with chris D'Elia's situation yes it's, I, this is a crazy thing you know i wondered at this moment especially you expect mark to say canceled for were you on the tv are you a comedian or something it's almost as if Mark <laughs> had read one article and thought oh this is just another pimp that i could have on the show yeah oh yeah no i i, saw, I heard you on uh, rogan years ago and i just thought <laughs> i just thought you'd be an interesting guest yeah so my history with chris delia has been this i'm not with him i don't know him personally i just mean this story um when uh-huh. the accusations came out i was like oh it doesn't seem like there's a lot here like these aren't backed up by facts because every message that people are showing is like he waited until they were 18 to correspond with them then his apology came out about eight months later and we covered that that was great and i was like oh this man's got to be guilty of something because (laughs) he's not acknowledging anything he ever did or was accused of right 
So that's when I started to think something was weird. And then the Kyle Anderson documentary came out. Yeah, because if you look at Callan's apology or acknowledgement of it, he was like, this, what I'm being accused of, straight up didn't happen. Right, yeah. And that doesn't always mean you're innocent, but Callan did fight those charges. Whereas Chris D'Elia had the Kevin Spacey defense where he's like, you know what, guys? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm actually hand up. gay. Hand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hand up. You caught me. I cheated on my wife. Yeah, and he, I thought, I thought there's no fucking way he's going to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to do a video on Christmas Eve with Rachel Maddow. But this is, and, and you're right, David. I think that like Mark Leta would have been perfectly okay with just not mentioning it. And Chris was like, well, the whole point of me being here is clearing my name. We're 40 minutes in. You haven't asked me about getting canceled. I guess I'll wedge it in right here. <laughs> you going to ask me about Whitney, the show? <laughs> yeah, I, you were a big undateable fan, Mark. <laughs> um, 100%. It was the hardest thing I've had to deal with, um, I would say. Yeah. It's got to be terrible. You're being in the public eye. Yeah, and it's being, being singled out like that. Almost the, as terrible as being raped. <laughs> would that, you say if you had to pick one or the other, which would you be on the receiving end of a rape or what happened to you, Chris? Well, Mark, you might say that I was held down by the public. <laughs> <laughs> it's like metaphorically, it's like I was weeping and a man shoved his cock into my mouth and said, just do everything that I say. And it'll all be fine. <laughs> That's kind of what it was like, actually. I I, I know we t- like it's gotten talked about to death, but the fact that he was in that show, you playing exactly what he got canceled for, will never not be funny. Oh well, true. And uh, workaholics, he was also a pedophile in workaholics. Was he? Oh I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that one. That's very yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just typecast. This guy's never worked a day of his life. <laughs> if you do what you love, David, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's horrible. It's um, it's horrible. What I did, those women. It's <laughs> again. It's fun, not talking it's about a- the Kyle Anderson documentary. <laughs> he's talking about he's talking about the backlash on Twitter. <laughs> if this if this uh, interviewer was funny at all, he would have been like, "Did you know that?" Uh, Snapchat videos can save. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Mark, ask about that. That's the thing I'd love to hear Chris talk about. It's like, yeah, if, even if he bullshitted us, if he just said like, I know everyone links that to that. I, I just genuinely didn't know that thing about Snapchat, but it is a funny video. Like say whatever you want about it, but say something about it. Like you've literally never answered a single question about this case other than saying like, you know what, guys, you're right. I was a pussy magnet for a long time. That's not wow. the issue, Chris. This was a time when a lot of guys were being picked on. Right? Taken down. Yeah. Taken down. There's picked not. Um... <laughs> yeah, I got, I got lumped in with them. Observation, David. Yes. Uh, people in jail for rape were picked on by the legal system. He's like, yeah, I just got lumped in with all the other comics, you know, me, Louie. <laughs> well, again, like Louie, like I defended Louie, yeah. but like, I think he kind of addressed the accusations that were made. Mm-hmm. Chris has had, and maybe they're false. They very well, these could very well be false allegations and maybe his lawyers told him not to talk about it or whatever. But Chris was accused of rape. Louis CK never was. Yeah, it well- if if his lawyers were telling him not to talk about it, he wouldn't be sitting on this camera going, getting canceled sucked. <laughs> but yeah, me, 
Shane Gillis, yeah. Tracy Morgan, <laughs> yeah. Gilbert Gottfried. All the guys yeah. all the guys that got canceled in comedy. All the greats. <laughs> and if you look now past now that everything's kind of settled over both of the Crystalia and and Louie, everybody has an opinion. You just look at the names of each one of their comedy specials since. One I think is I'm sorry, and the other one is doubling down. Am I am I incorrect? Or that is that right? The reason is grow or die, as if to say like uh, I could just fucking kill myself. <laughs> Which, but I guess I'll stop raping women. You're spoiling. You're spoiling the future of this 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 clip, Mike. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I think, don't remember that. I think it's this one. Oh, okay. It's always weird. It's it's always interesting be. talking about it because there's no. I still feel like there's no real right way to talk talk about it without people. Without incriminating myself, Just, <laughs> there's no way my lawyers are comfortable with this interview. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the damnedest thing. Anytime I talk about this honestly, people are like, "Hey, you raped a bunch of girls." <laughs> you know, being angry at yeah, all sides. Well, the, of the, it. The, both sides have you know what I'm stand saying? on it. Well, the truth is, people. Hey, Mark, what's the lie. other side's stance? <laughs> Good, I, I can't get past that in this interview. If you don't know who Chris D'Elia is and you're just watching Soft White Underbelly, you don't know what this guy was railroaded for. I was just going to say, like, this guy's getting railroaded right now. <laughs> he didn't do anything. But the way they're talking about it, if if you never heard of Chris D'Elia, you would think he got canceled for jokes the way they're saying it. Oh, I know. I know. People, um, yeah. And, uh, and, and it's, you know, whatever the media makes something out to be is not the truth. It's just not, no matter what way it's going. It's just, um, he's got a point there. That, you've, you've shown that today, Mike. If, if the next words out of his mouth are like, uh, like what, blind Mike tweeted the Mark Norman video and they didn't even <laughs> like research. Where did this video come from? <laughs> DJ Electrify was in Crystalia's DMs pissed off for these women. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a big fan of the show. He's like, listen, like <laughs> hack ride bullies Mike all the time. And then, but then Mike just goes on the show and blurts it out. We don't know what really happened. You know? Is in the media, good or bad, you, you see that. But I think the, com the common person doesn't. Um, and it's, 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 it's really wild. It's really wild. Um, it's really wild. Yeah, I'd like them to see the, the sexual assaults committed. And, and then judge for yourself like an adult. <laughs> oh, the the part I was alluding to isn't this next clip. It's the one after, I believe. But oh, goody! What a tease. <laughs> we get we get into that. But uh, what's this? Uh, this is Delia talking about the truth. <laughs> oh, good, Fine. David. Finally, you we're, were. I, I assume you were worried that the truth was not going to come out. We're going to get to it. <laughs> That's true. His can't. Eris. Uh, uh, Whatever this person in the chat says, his his cancellation was nothing compared to Steve Renazizi's. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing is like Steve Renazizi just told a fib, right? Got out of got out of control. Crystalia may have committed rape, <laughs> and the way I don't know because he won't talk about it, and that's what's making me think it happens. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because if I was accused of that, I'd be like, uh, no. That didn't fuck. Uh, well, happen. that kind of goes against the hey, argument, though. Hey, what? That's not true. I was just I'm saying you're saying like if a rapist came out, he would say, no, I didn't do those things. And that's kind of against what we're saying. I'm saying if Chris is innocent, your advice is from the standpoint of someone who's guilty. No, 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 no. I'm standpoint of someone just walking his neighborhood. 
let's say. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd love to ask Chris, which side's tears were real? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a good, that's actually a great question. They would be a much better interviewer for this. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest, um, you think, okay, something that I would go always go back to no matter how hard it was um, during that time, I would, I would say like, everything's okay because no matter what I can, I can end my life. And oh, this, this was the part. This, <laughs> okay. Now here's, this is the part. Here's what's very about. interesting. David, did you watch that? Um, the Chris D'Elia problem, the documentary about him? Not, not recent enough for any real memories there, but I do understand that he would tell his, these women that, you know, if you were to come out about these allegations, I'll have to kill myself. That's yes. That's exactly right. David is he would manipulate people by using suicide as like a threat or leverage or something saying like, Hey, if you leave me, if you stop talking to me, if you, if you do whatever, if you do something I don't like, I will kill myself. (laughs) And so it's interesting. It's working on Matt Leta of Soft White Underbelly. That's <laughs> like, oh, geez, I don't want you to kill yourself. So I guess I'll ask zero follow ups. Actually, you might as well do that because then your son won't have to explain who you are to people. <laughs> okay, because no matter what, I can, I can end my life and, and not feel this oh yeah well if you guys think i'm a rapist i guess i'll just kill myself <laughs> you can find me hanging from the bathroom <laughs> he stomps away yeah. <laughs> well i guess i'd just be better off dead if i can't <laughs> rape anyone someone clipped that <laughs> and i would oh god you guys a- suck you never let me rape anybody <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Go ahead, hack right. Have fun with that. Yeah, please. That, like, all good. Everything's fine. You can always end your life. It got that bad for you. Oh, hey, yeah. Mark, how about asking him, don't you have a wife and child at this time? Wow, it got that bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> you can Chris retire. <laughs> yeah that's also an option you don't have to you know drop the fucking atomic bomb chris you got away vacation you got away scot-free but just go right back to the public eye chris his son i think had just been born when these allegations started coming out right yeah i mean you know or or his wife was pregnant one or the other but like he had a wife and either a kid or a kid on the way and he's like well I guess if these ladies won't pipe down about me, I'll just kill myself. I'll kill kill myself. I'll do the noble thing. Everyone will be much better off for it. (laughs) What a selfish guy. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing is where, like, if you suffer from actual, like, mental health issues or depression or whatever, people that call suicide a selfish act, I think, are completely ignorant to what um, being suicidal actually is. I used to be one of those. It's a it's a selfish act when Chris D'Elia says, oh, I'm in trouble. I guess I'll put a gun in my mouth. Right. Everybody would be rethinking their whole opinion on comedy suicides. People would be redigging up poor stories about poor Brody Stevens. It wouldn't even be appropriate. <laughs> That's right. That's right, let's, David. Let's not start that rumor. But yeah, when you use it as the eject button, it is a selfish act. If you're, if you're genuinely dealing with struggling with those thoughts, 
you should seek help. But if you just use it to taunt people, like if you keep calling me a rapist, I might kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Chris, you're not a rapist. (laughs) Um, Mm. Was there some truth in the allegations? I was uh, <laughs> okay. So for the visually impaired, the face he made when he asked that was <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? What does truth mean? <laughs> yeah, he's like ah, truth smooth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what is, I, Matt, what is truth? That's the closest, by the way, that Matt gets to a follow up. That's Will. a great question. Will he's like, hey, Benny, you wouldn't lie to me, would you, Mark? Mark, we're doing this Mom, again. Nah, Mark, we're doing the Mark. All the he, he might as well be Opie's co-host. All the <laughs> wait, let's let's see. Uh, yeah, I was a womanizer, um, and that's <laughs> the truth. Um, Hold yeah. on, you're not Tiger Woods, Chris. <laughs> People weren't upset because they thought you were a family man, <laughs> and it turned out you were getting pussy. No, the accusations <laughs> were a rape. Yeah, he went to Shoney's, got some waitresses, and became the best comedian of all time. I was, I know you guys listen. I know that I was out selling Buicks to you, but. <laughs> Well, but least, I'm just a man with urges. At least Tiger Woods was going to Perkins. Chris D'Elia was finding Perkins. these women at fast food restaurants. <laughs> and no, I mean, what I was canceled for was is was not the truth. Uh, okay, I um, I got to defend Chris here. here it's go. the first time I've ever heard him say that. <laughs> first time. I, I, it's, I, I'd have to go back and watch the apology. It's possible he slipped it in there, but I really don't think he did. Yeah, is it possible? I think that's the first time I've heard him address that. It was kind of like the Kobe Bryant. The only thing I'm guilty of is adultery. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But it doesn't matter. That's just perception is kind of a lot of people. Um, I was out there having sex. I mean, I could become a huge fan of Crystalia if he started doing stand up with the number twenty four on his shirt, like Chappelle's, (laughs) like his reincarnation. (laughs) But listen, I. I was out there being fucking rad. (laughs) Oh, my hand was sore from all the high fives I was getting. (laughs) I was out there being cool as hell. I was out getting pussy. Don't don't worry about how old they are, Mark. (laughs) Shut up. Uh, All the time Uh, with, with people I barely knew, you know, and that's. I realize how was he a Christian now? <laughs> yeah, he's born again. I was I was laying with women before I had really got before marriage, <laughs> and that, of course, is what my fan base is angry about. <laughs> is that I was I was having sex outside of my marital home. That can get you don't know people's. You don't know people, so you how do, how do you know, if you don't know them, you don't know what they what their tolerance what for they're like, and what you know. It's <laughs> I was definitely like, and I had a chip on my shoulder too. I was like, well, they don't, nobody Dangerous. likes me. They just think they. <laughs> you gotta find people that don't have social media accounts. <laughs> I, this is he's blaming the victims, I believe, in this explanation. He's saying yep. we are all strangers. They don't know me. I don't know them. They don't know how dangerous that I am. It's they shouldn't have been mixing up in these situations yeah. with strangers. 
He's he's kind of saying like, oh well, if I had known how crazy these women are were, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have fucked them, I guess. <laughs> but this is like, listen to go back just a little bit because I want to hear this chip on the shoulder thing. Like you know, Jerry Sandusky famously had a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> oh, it was him against the world, Craig? All these guys with chips on their shoulder. Yeah, it's actually an eight year old boy named Chip. <laughs> <laughs> how do how do you if you don't know them, you don't know what they what they're, what they're like. And what, you know, it's, you don't know what they're going to, I was definitely (laughs) like, and I had a chip on my shoulder too. I was like, well, they don't, nobody likes me. They just think they, 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 they they like me now. They wouldn't have liked me when I was being fucking bullied in high school. They just like me now because I'm fucking, I'm on tour. I'm, I'm, I'm famous. You know, and I remember having a chip on my shoulder. These gold digging whore rape victims. (laughs) They I have, see. They, Shame on them. They wouldn't have liked me when I was getting bullied in high school. <laughs> but I'm friends with that bully now. <laughs> don't, don't they get it? <laughs> He's the kind of person to like throw a woman in front of like a rapist. <laughs> be like, I, I'm going to be friends I, with that guy. I understand like the me against the world argument he has here when he says chip on my shoulder. I know. <laughs> As if Bill Cosby was always like, well, I was an underdog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was on television and all this stuff. <laughs> I pulled up my pants, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but here we get, this is a long, this is a long clip. <laughs> this one. Yeah, well, I think it takes the entirety of it to understand the, the mania of crazy. This is the one where there's a ton of silences. Uh, I believe so. This is the worst part. I would oh, say we're going to hear... A lot of eye movement. Anytime Chris D'Elia is silent, his eyes are all over the place. It's the best. It's too bad that you can't experience that blind, Mike. (laughs) I know. It is a shame. But I, it spoke volumes. I would say a lot more is said in the silences here than when Chris is actually flapping his gums. Yeah. What are the worst sides, worst aspects of, or what are the worst things about going through something like that, being canceled? Your family's got to. Yeah, the worst thing about (laughs) one of the worst things. Mind of me as a family. Yeah, clearly the answer should be uh, my family has to go through it, blah, blah, blah. Not, guys, everyone hates me. <laughs> he, he slipped him crib notes there. He's like, you're going to want to mention your family here. Don't forget. Don't forget you have a wife. That's what he calls his Snapchats, crib notes. His <laughs> <laughs> <It's> sex. <laughs> oh, let me check the crib notes from today. <laughs> That's very funny. About um, going through something like that is... Uh, People think that I'm a bad guy. (laughs) They think that you're, you're who you are online, you know, and that your Instagram is reality and you show the good moments. Yeah, that, that was the problem was your Instagram posts. They thought my Snapchat was real. (laughs) Hey, Hey, this guy on his Instagram, he never once mentions that he's a rapist. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) I I was off the internet for a year or so. Um, Oh, what a void that was for all. It was only bad. And the, one of the worst parts though about it is that they think, is that people, I don't think, I don't think that they realize how much that stuff doesn't just affect, it doesn't affect only you. 
it, 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 um, guys, yeah. I can't, I can't go to the stores anymore. It, my wife almost realized that I'm guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much shit that could have caused me? That could have been a problem. <laughs> your, uh, it affects your dad. It affects your mom. It affects your, uh, your family, there, and Chris. your loved ones. And, uh, <laughs> ah, when, what is that bitch's name? Damn it. <laughs> All right, listen, mom, dad, sons. Who is the whore that I live with? <laughs> What's oh, my name? wife. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's his, do you know what his kid's name is? Has he said it? Calvin? Uh, I don't know the other one. Yeah, that's right, Calvin. I was I was thinking of Shaw, but well, which we'll get to, I guess. But the what was his name? The kid's name was Boston. Yes. <laughs> hey, thick boys for life. That's right. Why does he mention that he was off the internet? What does that have to do with anything else that he's saying here? That's so strange. He says he's off the internet. What, like a terrorist organization? That, that's, that's very where, strange. That's where all of his shenanigans happened. Was yeah, the well, he's he's listing things, David. Because he has no real defense, he's just like, listen, I mean, if you don't think I've been punished, like, I was off the internet for almost almost a year. <laughs> Could, couldn't have been me. I might as well have been in jail. It's a tough grounding. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. But, like, he, he acts like he was essentially punished for his crimes. But what he keeps, like, avoiding is that were he to be punished for his crimes that he's accused of, the punishment would be far worse than anything he's received. <laughs> That's what he's not grasping. It seems is he is he's tiptoed through the raindrops. He is he has been uh, dancing his way through this. He's selling out theaters still. Insane. He, even though he may have may have I don't know may have committed a litany of crimes. Where wasn't he just at the Wang Theater here? Was that I don't know was? about just, but yeah, that's where he played last time he was in Boston. Which is 3,000 seats, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And Ari Shafir, I saw, is doing the Wilbur, which is like 1,100, which doesn't make sense. Well, to I me. mean, it's still a huge venue, but yeah. Yeah, but he's that much more of a draw. Well, Ari, Sh- Ari Shafir is the most dangerous man in comedy. That's true. That's he's, true. um, what did that video call him? Uh, like I the don't... worst person in comedy or something? <laughs> something like that. I forget. Yeah. You it's very hard to figure out how to put your house on fire out uh, <laughs> when people are mad. <laughs> Just zip your pants back up. You'll be fine. <laughs> Hold on. I want to hear him. Like, why are people so mad about the accusations? <laughs> what? They think I was with underage girls and sometimes against their will. Why? Why? What? Why are they out there with pitchforks and torches? <laughs> what what is do? it about these allegations that gets under so many people's skin? It's <laughs> a, a great question. <laughs> yeah. What is uh, it about statutory rape that bothers people <laughs> so darn much? The thing that's not the problem, you know. Um, you know, I, 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 Are, you, what? you know, people would be angry at a certain thing that I, I it's just as, as, as that isn't true. So, okay. I'll again, give him that he's saying it's not, now he's not saying what's not true, but I will give him. He's at least now finally saying like, these things are not true. 
Right. And maybe he's doing like that. If I speak about him, it's more in the front of people's minds. I may be back on Team Delia. Who knows? See how the rest of this Good. goes. That's that's the guy you want, Chris. <laughs> how this is why I got so deep in the in the woods of it. I'm like, I don't even know how to fix the right thing because people don't know. People don't know what is actually happening. So um, that's why I, that's why I, um, that's why I couldn't really. What was the question? <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted to, that's why I, I didn't want to, that's why I wanted to. Um, what? Yeah, that's why I wanted to end my life, but. Um, oh yeah that my <laughs> seeing like my dad and like my this is a guy by the way i saw people point this out and i think it's a good point like on his podcast anytime you've heard this guy talk publicly he's a knockoff paulie shore where he's loud and he's doing the inflections and all that <laughs> shit yep and it's weird He's also a good actor. <laughs> like he was, he wasn't you and workaholics, and like did a good job. Kept booking gigs, those NBC shows he was on. As we found out, though, he wasn't really acting. So who knows? Well, sure, right. But like, I think he's a professional actor, and I think you're seeing that in this clip where he's like, "Oh, Chris, this is what sociopaths do." It's like, hey, pretend you've seen people be contrite before. Replicate that. I think his wife's secretly rooting for him to do it. <laughs> Just please give me your money. Certainly in. make her life less complicated. Correct. And her bank account pretty fast. He seems seems like an exhausting guy to be around. Oh I don't God. know. I don't know if this is off base by any means, but after <laughs> watching some of these clips, I feel that evil rushes through this man's body like electricity. You could see it going through his arms, his fingers. It's unbelievable. I agree. He does seem like a manipulative guy. Like he's a bad manipulative guy. My wife and I had just brought a child into the world. Um, you know what this is? He just brought the child into the world. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. He he carried the kid for nine months. It was that ten months actually. It was a, a ridiculous pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I know I always use Breaking Bad references, but uh, do you remember in Breaking Bad when Walt films the video where he basically says pins everything on Hank? Yeah. This is that. Yeah. Where you're you're like holy shit like. <laughs> He's because we know the perspective he's coming from. We're like, wow, he's a great liar. <laughs> he's unbelievable, this guy. <laughs> this is scary. <sighs> I don't know. It was just a um, creepy smile. It was it's all he's got. <laughs> It's weird. It's been four years now, and I... My life still sucks. I still have the thirst for young flesh. I was just out <laughs> having a coffee with my wife. If I mentioned I have and a wife. It a be- it's a beautiful day. <laughs> and um, it was so nice, and we were smiling and shit. <laughs> wow. I like how that, he's, is a, that, that is a nice day. I like how he's trying to be emotional. He's like, I was out with my wife. We were getting coffee and smiling and shit. Smiling and shit. That's how you know a good marriage. Hey, two Points. people are smiling. 
he points left when he says we're getting coffee and he points right with my wife. So I'm not sure what he's, what he's visioning here. He's very, arti- he's moving his hands and all these, he's trying to sell something. They're sitting on different sides of the coffee shop. <laughs> you know, the restraining order and all. To, to, to be in this room now and talk about that and think about the feeling and to like force myself to not make a joke of it. Oh, bad sentence. Which is what? <laughs> yeah. That's that's what happened when um when all these allegations came out about Craig. He why he wanted to make a joke about it, but he had a bottle of deep. He's like, no, no, this is a serious matter. Nope, nope. I got uh ahead of it because I unlike Delia, I just said what happened. Well <laughs> I told you though? I told the exact truth. Man, Chris, Chris Delia might have learned from Craig. He's like, eh, maybe it's not always a good thing to get out in front. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's going poorly for this guy. <laughs> uh, as far as I understand, though, on all accounts, Chris Delia, a great neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he's very neighborly, I'm sure. Yeah. He, I forget. He's he's uh, neighbors with um, some NFL player, I forget. And they always basically, from what he said, used to do basically the uh, Tim Allen Wilson uh, over oh, the fence fun. chats. <laughs> I bet those stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Wilson was accused of uh, pedophilia, I think Tim stopped wa- <laughs> wandering into the backyard so frequently. I I was told to do in rehab. This is this is acting. Is yeah. uh is difficult, but I guess it's necessary. You know, our favorite um, things that he does is when he does the podcast with his wife. And yes. I, I love when he did, it was, I think it was the last one or the one before when he, she brought up therapy and he was like, I fucking hate going there. Oh, we got to talk about <laughs> therapy again. I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> That's a guy who's really made some uh, strides, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but. Here, here's the thing with Dalia is like if he just came out and said something to the effect of like, like l- listen, I, people who are genuine victims of like crimes like this, I understand it's much worse, but like I don't think you know what it's like to be falsely accused of something. He's not addressing what happened to him in any way, other than being off Instagram for eight months. Yeah, but as we'll find out in this next clip, minds are made up, Mike. That's true. He's not going to change anyone's mind. So I guess what's the point? <laughs> They, they are trying to take every comedian down for, in one way or another. Yeah, it's, well, no, it's, hold on. It's all of us. <laughs> yeah. Hassan Minaj may have fabricated some stories. Chris D'Elia might have diddled some young kids. <laughs> They're all in one big gumbo pot. <laughs> they, they are trying to take every comedian down for, in one way or another, whether it's with what you say or accusations or what, but yeah, it's, uh, I think, you, I think the goal is just ignore it. Yeah, it is. Just the goal is ignore do. it. Yeah. The goal is ignore Atta it. boy. Mark the enabler. <laughs> let me, hey, just ignore it. When the cops come knocking at your door, don't answer. He's like, let me coach you how to get out of this mess. Who but this, this is great. Nice podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is beautiful. Uh, like, you know, PR by Chris, where he's like, listen, it's exactly the same. When Joe Rogan gives medical advice or when I invite a 16-year-old to my hotel room, they, somehow people see negative in that. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm here to say no more. I think smart enough people can sniff out. I think smart enough people can sniff out who you really are. What's real? I think. 
you know, and, and we have, and- <laughs> yes, that's the problem, Chris. We think you're a bad guy. Yeah. Actually, unfortunately for you, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the wolf and, he is, to use a sniffing reference. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not up here right now bullshitting, and Lie. people are going to still think I'm bullshitting. Right. And people are going to think oh, I'm not bullshitting. damn, he trapped me. Um, <laughs> fuck, I think he's bullshitting, dude. <laughs> so, like I said, the only thing that matters, and it's hard to keep this in my mind, but the only thing that matters is the people who truly know me, know me and the people i, Can I love say by the way the bullshitting would imply like lying right yep i don't think chris has said anything that's a lie in here because he hasn't said anything like we didn't cut out where he has some you know long in-depth analysis of what he was accused of and how it's not true or anything like so lie if and if i said lying i used the wrong word chris is just completely avoiding all the accusations. He just hasn't addressed them at all. Obfuscating. Yes. That love me are the people that matter to me. Um, and everyone else, if they like me, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. He's got a good perspective, at least. I, don't even I think- want to be nice. Maybe I do like Crystalia. <laughs> I don't think his wife's even like on that list. Of what? people that like him <laughs> well i mean she's stuck by him loyal as hell so you got to give her that i think she likes the bank account i mean we can tell on those podcasts she is not overly uh, happy with him. I, i'll say there seems to be something where like she's obviously in love with him i, I don't really like doing this about people's personal relationships yeah but like based on those podcasts only that's all the information well, we know i mean we we have to kind of that's all he's talking about is his personal relationship that's the quote story to him right yeah, I mean, I, she sees some good in him somewhere, so she, I don't think she thinks that they're all true necessarily. But it's just like, Chris, if you want to, like, obviously you want to prove your innocence. That's your, the point of doing this interview. Let the guy ask a few questions. Literally, all this cunt Mark Leta <laughs> asked was like, so, what do you, what, what made you sad in life? <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, getting canceled. And Mark's like, oh, had to be tough. He's like, yeah. <laughs> that's it dude i was guess bull- you just have to ignore it huh chris <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh hack ride says uh this reminds me of stuttering john no accountability and then when it comes you cry <laughs> yes oh and i changed those kids lives for the better <laughs> <laughs> uh this is the last clip uh the most okay. Im- most important lesson yeah what was when you're falsely accused of sexual misconduct what's the most important Important lesson you could take away from that. What would you say is the most important? I was asking you, Chris. You've- What's that? I was asking you. Oh, I, uh, I, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> what would you say is the most important <laughs> lesson you've learned in your life? This is a performance. The most important yeah. lesson I've learned in my life. Rule of. Three. Go back. I gotta hear that. <laughs> Like he's a, a robot finding sentience. <laughs> Mo- most important lesson. What would you say is the most important lesson you've learned in your life? The most important lesson I've learned in my life. Yes. Spit it out. 
Should be easy, Chris. Don't rape anyone. He really creepily smiled there and then continued the silence, which I'm curious what was on his... <laughs> what was going through his brain when that smile occurred? You have to work against the system. <laughs> Evil <laughs> thoughts go through his body like a comet. You can see it. <laughs> Avoid Snapchat. <laughs> He apparently didn't learn anything. There's got to be 40 things you can think of, Chris. (laughs) Name one. Trust the audience. It's probably uh, (laughs) that. Age of consent in different states. (laughs) Don't cross borders with children. um, I'm okay as I am, you know. What? <laughs> See, actually, that's what you learned from all this. That's our biggest problem, actually. <laughs> the way you were caused all this. <laughs> um, I'm okay as I am, you know. So I've literally learned nothing <laughs> other than to accept my predatory behavior. <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to change a thing because uh, life rips. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if he walked out of this uh, interview to the song Predator by Crack Amico. <laughs> <laughs> took a long time to realize that, but probably that. Based on his ticket sales, he might be right. It's probably that I'm okay as I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you are. Thanks, man. Right. <laughs> Chris Leo, thank you so much. Thank you. They hug each other. Thanks. Thanks, man. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Go back. It's weird how quickly he's about to tear up. And then they say goodbye. He seems totally fine. It's weird. He maybe paid off this Mark Leta guy. Mark Leta's an asshole. <laughs> That'll be the name of this episode. It's probably that I'm okay as I am, yeah. You are. Thanks, man. All right. Chris D'Elia, thank you so much. Thank you. Super interesting. Thanks. Thanks, man. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> this is super interesting, dude. Like, just immediately, wow. he's like, oh, oh, thanks thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Is uh, Do you guys validate? Park? I parked right outside. Is that okay? Are they going to tell me? <laughs> like, that's like when I cried on air, If mid-cry, Kirk was just like, hey, we got to wrap up. I'm like, oh, geez, thanks for having me in. I'll see you guys later. He didn't keep going. <laughs> like there's no, he, just, he was, he was on the brink of a breakdown. And then he's like, Hey, Marky, good. Nice job, buddy. You uh, didn't ask me any tough questions. Kirk 5k with, uh, it's definitely the quote. It's not your fault scene. <laughs> it's the, it's not your fault scene. If Matt Damon was like, Oh, okay. Scene's over. Good. We're, we're cool then. Thanks buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> uh, we got a few super chats here. Okay, let's catch up then. Um, box eating dev, two bucks. Craig, where are you podcasting from? No studio. I'm on the road, baby. Um, oh, interesting. Simon, three four three, uh, two bucks. Craig looks like Ed Sheeran. Is I, that right? I I can't imagine that's true. I've never heard that. If you're going How like kind country or whatever i've, I've heard <laughs> yeah, that seems very generous i've heard luke combs before which is more accurate <laughs> i don't know who that is but maybe ed sheer walk <laughs> uh dangling the more i thought about it the more i liked it 
<laughs> uh, Dang Lizard, two euros. Uh, this is back to the beginning of the Delia segment. Uh, that bully just had a great sense of humor. <laughs> he was a hell of a guy, that bully. <laughs> uh, Joe from Virginia, five bucks. Love the show. It was great to see you in Delaware. Haver de Grace 5 will ride again. Oh, thank you, Joe. I didn't realize one of the Haver de Grace 5 was there. Should have said something to you. You guys could maybe maybe he. I can't remember if he mentioned it or not. But I apologize for not the Haver de Grace Five. We usually we would have done our uh, secret handshake and everything. Had I realized, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to know what that handshake is so bad. You'll never know. I it's know. Too bad. I know. Uh, I also noticed that Craig had shown a chat earlier. So, Mister Crab, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> oh, what like was that? Thirty minutes ago. <laughs> what did he say? He said he enjoyed David Collins' live stream the other night. Oh, well, who, I mean, who, I, I really liked it as well. I do think, David, you've got a great voice for that, a great tone, cadence, like something like that, playing chess late at night. That could be very soothing for people, I think. That's right. Oh, perfect. Well, I enjoy doing it by myself. Maybe it was a little distracting. You know, I was, I was yelling about anybody around me the next 24 hours. I was yelling about that game. I could go over. It was turn 19. I was very attached to that <laughs> game and I threw it all away. But it may be something that I do live in the future. Oh, good. Good, good. I always yell at people. Um, it, next, David, would you like to talk about a gentleman named Tom Myers? Are you familiar with him? I'm growing more and more familiar every day. In fact, even when I was on WATP, we had talked about Tom Myers. Uh, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, when you guest hosted this program a few weeks ago, I think you talked about Tom, and it seemed like you were almost a fan of his. Am I assessing that correctly? I love a joke writer. I imagine you do. Well, it's funny you say that, David, because today what we are going to uh, take a listen to is Adam Thoreau, good friend of the show, uh, WATP fan, fan of the Blind Mike Project, I believe. Every once in a while, Adam Thoreau slips something across my desk, um, just as confidential on it, and I have to pour through his findings. Um, and he's like, you know, you're going to want to take a look at this. Real quick, before we do move on from Chris Delia, okay. there is a last second super chat from Nick West for two bucks. Says Chris, Chris is sniffing, quote, my grandmother has breast cancer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then right after that, he's like, all righty, gang. <laughs> I'll in, be hitting the road. And Hack Ride's paying for this comment, even though I've been putting them up the whole time. Uh, okay. Love David Collins on the show. Hashtag forgive Electra, DJ Electra. Oh, she's forgiven. Hackrad finds it very funny to misspell your name, David. Does that bother you at all? It's becoming a trend even in my comment section, so it might just be something we have to live with. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Tom Myers, David, you say you like a, a good joke writer. Well, here's what's interesting. Our buddy Adam Thoreau found Tom Myers in a podcast um, where they analyze jokes. It's called, like, Did That Really Happen or something like that? That's what I was about to ask you about this whole podcast. That's uh, did that really happen? I would very much love to see that. <laughs> well, it did. And it's very difficult to find for some reason. Like Craig had to pull, it was on some weird website that we couldn't download it from. It was a whole pain in the ass. It is. Um, but basically the premise of the show is it's like, a, I think this episode was only like 17 minutes long, 19 minutes, maybe. And they take a joke from a legendary comedian like a Tom Myers and they say, did this really happen? So I think we're going to hear the joke first, right? Yep. First one is the joke. Oh, so this is from, um, I believe, Pitchfork's Torches and Other Random Thoughts. Yeah, we played this one on the, something. Probably, I think we, um, 
we did a, a whale bonus about Tom Myers, I think. That's right. Is that what, is that what it's and, called? Uh, whale. Uh, wow. I do that all the time. That's how my phone reads it to me. If oh. I put in W-A-Y-L. I've never, I, guess, I remember when you were pissed at first when I would just type W-A-Y-L. You're like, oh, is this a thing? I've never heard that. Uh, yeah. It just reads it to me that way. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the kids are called. <laughs> I like it. Uh, um, oh, why are you laughing? Bonus. We talked about Tom Myers, and I think we played this joke. But for those of you that aren't familiar, it's a it's a Myers classic. It's one of my favorites, where he talks about a gift he got uh, for his birthday from his parents. I, I just turned thirty, and uh, my parents decided to go ahead and take me out to. Uh, they decided to go ahead and take me out to dinner. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, it was after the dinner, my father decided to show me this uh, gift he had gotten for me. It was like, this is, you're going to thank me. This will be a long, this will be a long, this will be a good investment for me. And uh, you'll really appreciate this. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, we've all got to get in the this car. This is closer. Go see it. So, okay, we all, all in the car, we're driving, driving. I noticed we're driving a while. We go ahead and we pull into a cemetery. It's like, I'd remember going to this cemetery before. And we went ahead and pulled up to this little plot. And uh, we all got out and we're looking, around, I'm just sort of looking around, where, where are we going? And, uh, and my, my dad stops and says, all right, here you go. I'm looking around. It's a little bit dark. I don't see anything. Like what? So gets out a flashlight and, uh, and shines it. And I suddenly remembered where I was. Like this is, I've been to the cemetery plot many times before. So my dad's grandparents are there. My dad's parents are there. <laughs> he's got his, he's, he, he's going to be buried there. He's got a tombstone set up. It's got his name on, it's got his name, his stuff on it. And right in front of that, a tombstone, my name, <laughs> my date of birth, and that nice, big, empty space <laughs> for you know what. Wow. <laughs> Um, dad, great punchline. (laughs) I asked for a GPS. Uh, it's a callback. Yep. That sounded like an adult, you know, uh, and I can imagine this smart ass thing will kick in in point one miles fall six feet. You have There's a very famous laugh Stavi. Yep. <laughs> I do enjoy the, the the GPS would be like, dude, <laughs> you're not even close to the right plot. In point one miles, you'll find it. <laughs> really- it's a, there's so much about it that doesn't weigh. It's also the closer to his entire set. <laughs> it, it's a it's a terrible joke. For so many reasons, but the one thing it did feel about Tom that like this was a real moment, maybe between his parents. It doesn't make any sense that they would allow a tombstone that's not filled out yet on the burial plot. I don't think that's how it works. Well, I did uh, bring this up. My grandmother's is on a tombstone with no end date right now. (laughs) Would you bring her there? He misbehaves. No, we have like a family plot. There's like five people in it, and hers is on a tombstone. And it says it's very name. daunting. Yeah, I was. I don't know. Oh, grandma exposes any of your secrets. You show her where she's going. Yeah, you're like, hey, you know, right there. <laughs> How many people before it becomes a plot to a pile? Five people. 
<laughs> just shoving a conies in there. To be fair. I was expecting this joke. I thought I wanted a GPS, not a, and my dad thought, oh, I got you a grave plot spot or something, you know, maybe that was going with GPS. But Tom Myers is very old school. He ascribes by the same thing many other comedians do where, you know, you got to make them laugh, but at the end, you got to make them cry. <laughs> also, the, the big difference between Tom and my grandmother is uh, my grandma is 86 years old, and I think he was like 30. The recording. Yeah, he said of he was thirty. Yeah, 30 this is like ten years, like ten years ago. Yeah, years so ago. it's like, you know, you have a lot of life left. We hope. <laughs> well, so another part that's interesting about that is like I took that joke from the podcast, like how just how they played it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So you're only hearing that joke, and I don't think this podcast has a ton of listeners. But let's pretend, um, let's pretend a lot of people are checking it out. Don't know who Tom Myers is. They're hearing that joke for the first time. It ends in a callback that no one understands. <laughs> so they're just like, here's the joke as it as it is. <laughs> you can judge for yourselves. And then this podcast is uh, predicated on like, is this a real story? And so that's what Tom explains here, I guess. So Tom, did that really happen? Yes, it did. Well, to, to an extent. <laughs> but that's, that's normally the way it goes. <laughs> So this, uh, by the way, really that's did. the whole podcast is um, like the, the most that could happen is the comedian's like, no, I made that up. And then that's kind of the end of the podcast where <laughs> the comedian's like, yeah, yeah, basically. But I added a few things. You say you doubt you downplay the significance, but don't don't forget. This is how Hassan Minaj got himself in trouble. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point, David. Yes. If, <laughs> the world would change if Tom Myers was lying about this. So I'm glad this is based on some amount of truth. Yeah. Like uh, he could have went with the Louis CK approach. Like we just talked. I think it's not out for free yet, but when he's like, yeah, I was at a bar. It doesn't matter where, cause I'm lying. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, let's continue this here. To have a, a birthday dinner with my parents. And at this dinner, my father did offer me a spot in his, uh, in the, uh, uh, family plot. It's at a, uh, at a cemetery. Offer me a spot. Like and- you're getting into a country club. But it was a timeshare. <laughs> want, me to, yeah. want me to put your name on the list? <laughs> we, Tom, we got an opening for you. We could we could bury you here when you die alone. <laughs> but you have to, you have to get cremated just so you can fit. <laughs> That's a good point. They can't ex- they can't give him a plot for a future wife. He has to be buried away from his future spouse. No, I think yeah, they- no, he's gonna, no matter what, even if Tom develops skills with women, he's going to be buried <laughs> next to mom and dad. His his parents just know. <laughs> You're going to be right here, buddy. The oh, way man. they sleep at night. He's in between mother and father. <laughs> Maryland, US of A. And that was about the ex- that was where the actual story ended. And then what with my creative writing And then the skills. Tom Myers madness ensued. Did you hear that? He legitimately said, you know, my creative writing skills. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go back because I don't want to talk over that. But this is, here's where the mad scientist starts mixing his concoctions. Story ended. And then what with my creative writing skills, I uh, <laughs> Mark just made up this whole uh, segment where my family takes me to the actual grave site where I've been before because it has, because <laughs> my, my grandmother's buried there. My great grandparents are buried there. I have a great aunt buried there. 
See? And there's all the there's rage. two additional plots, and I'm the only one in my family. It's a who's who of Myers Elite. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just like Tom Myers, dude. <laughs> the family plot and everything. Hasn't been married or has kids. So I, it's if there's anybody who's well deserving of that great spot, it's me. So oh, I made Tom, up. Tom, you were whole thirty. Month. Oh shit! Your parents thought there's no way he has a family of his own. Let's bury him with great aunt Trudy. <laughs> and he thinks he deserves it. <laughs> I've, I've worked all my life for this. Uh, dang lizard five euros. What? You're telling me that dude didn't really have a bong hit transplant. <laughs> <laughs> now, now he hasn't, he hasn't addressed that yet. Don't worry. <laughs> I like that this guy, the guy hosting this podcast poured through his act and was like, wait a second. This burial plot story. <laughs> There has to be more to this <laughs> monologue about how my parents take me to the grave site and there's already a tombstone there with my name on it, my date of birth and that nice big empty spot where the, where the date of death goes. Did I say love to laugh underneath? <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime of laughter. <laughs> but that like, the story itself, this is a podcast that's 17 minutes long. It could have been what we just heard. It could have been three minutes. That's it. Because it's just him going like, yeah, pretty much. But then I added some horse shit around it and got no laughs from it. <laughs> it was a boring story. I was able to make it insufferable. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next one here. What? Like if people... I have kind of a, a cult underground, a cult following. So if people find out <laughs> Tom, where this it was is, us, <laughs> it was me and Justin Trudell and Joe in Virginia. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> it's not a cult following. No. It's people. Here's what's weird about Tom is like, he's embraced the fact that he has this cult following, but will not give Nick Mullen any credit for it. Zero. Like the only reason people know your name, Tom is Nick Mullen. And I don't know if you just heard that clip. That podcast was there supporting you on top of it. <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> Do you know our history with Tom Myers, David? Do you know why he's a rival of ours? A rival? I thought you were a fan. I understood you go into his <laughs> show. You've talked about uh, with that fan. I caught up a little bit on that, that, but I don't understand. Do you have any interaction? I've talked a little bit. I've tried to interact with this Tom Myers. He defers you to a fake person. So it's very tough to have oh, any go back and forth. It's a very yeah, real it's interesting person. interesting you say that. It, Lisa, it's interesting you say that because, uh, we, we had the same issue. Hackride tried to book Tom Myers and Tom basically told him to go fuck himself. And then when he found out the show we were started going after us um, for for making fun of Dat Fan. So he chose oh, wow. an allegiance to Dat Fan over us. Oh, that's fair. He has a great career in comedy. It's not fair, David. It's not fair at all. We were his supporters. Comedians should stick together, I believe. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> it might become a pilgrimage site. It might become like Mecca, uh, like how uh, it was like how it was, people it was, leave. It was five of us. <laughs> Everett Grace is, you know, a Mecca. <laughs> yeah, there there were five of us there, Tom. It wasn't. I don't know if it was Mecca, the comedy Mecca, Everett Grace. My God, our lives, our lives did change that night in some ways. So I'll give him that stuff at uh, like. Jim Varney, the guy yeah. who did all the Chris movies. Oh, this is where he gets crazy. <laughs> Listen to what he's about to say. So he's Jim Varney's the guy that does uh, um, the Ernest movies, right? 
I believe so. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like, Ernest does Christmas and all that shit. I'm saying he's kind of a figure in comedy, just like that, where this is going to be, you know, um, this is going to be a tourist attraction, his gravesite one day. Like, who knows what... Who knows what the hell they're going to leave on my grave? Like they leave like cans of Sprite and <laughs> like beige ball caps at his grave site. Who knows what the hell they're going to leave on mine? He thinks he's going to be like Gigi Allen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they're just bongs. People <laughs> dropping off their, right, their note and joke books on the grave spot. Whatever, whatever in bong hit transplant, whatever he said, the, I forget. It was like a banana, like Skittles or whatever the fuck the guy was yes. buying. Yeah, an old rotting banana, <laughs> yeah. generic brand fruit punch. Yeah, that'll all be left at his grave. <laughs> There's a, a cigar from the Hillary Clinton joke that he tells. <laughs> That's right. We got all, all this. Yeah. Stuff. Well, it's kind of like I one lo- of these I, things. When I love, I just, sorry, I just love the image that Tom has of himself. Because, again, he runs away from the whole come town thing and tries to avoid that, but also embraces the fact that, like, he's a star. So it's like, <laughs> you can't have it both ways, Tommy. The, the signs of a, they want, it makes you a great artist is if you're not appreciated in your own time, which sucks, right? Like, I want to be appreciated in my own time. I don't want people having a pilgrimage to my gravestone long after I'm dead and I never got I don't to think you got to worry about it, buddy. So it, <laughs> I think you're good. I don't think this podcast has released a new episode in two years. It's, it's. I love the way they speak of themselves. A like, pilgrimage. Yes, yeah, a pilgrimage. We're gonna go to Tom Myers and the Scottish guys' grave sites because we. Can you imagine like your grandkids are doing that someday? Oh yeah, like just. Well, Dad made fun of this comedian from Maryland, <laughs> so we got to go down and see where he's buried. Yeah, it's just like uh, uh you know, Dimebag Daryl. And uh, sure. Tom Myers, same same shit. Yes, yeah, he has a dedicated audience. But to see that at all, so it's a it's a double edged sword if you get what you wish for. It's like, yeah, you can't set up a merch table anymore. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't sell you CDs. But no, I, <laughs> no. I love it. And <laughs> tough. Uh, was there any more of that, or was that it? That was the last one. Uh, there was one more clip. Oh, let's hear it. I envision a future where high schools are taking trips to Tom Meyer's gravestone during the DC trip. (laughs) (laughs) The tomb of the unknown soldier (laughs) and Tom Myers. Right. Um, it depends. Yeah. I was trained in, I had theatrical training in high school and uh, college. So in addition to, you know, being able to work with a, without a microphone, if need be, which I've had to do on, on occasion. Yeah. Uh, Tom, cause you play Italian restaurants. <laughs> this just happened. You play to, places that are not entertainment venues. This just happened to uh, Chris Stefano, actually. He Is went, that right? He went to do, um, uh, the owner, what's his name? The owner of the Mets. I forget his name, but he had, a a birthday. Cohen? Steve Cohen. Yeah. He had a birthday party and Chris Stefano got hired to do, um, his act there and there was no microphone sure. or nothing. And as soon as he started going said, I will triple your pay. If you only do 10 minutes. Do you think that it's the same thing Tom's talking about where uh, the Mets owner is calling him for a gig? Yes. Yeah, the same thing. Or do, you, or do you think maybe it's an Applebee's in uh, Aberdeen, Maryland? <laughs> it might be that Applebee's <laughs> and he probably wasn't invited. He just started talking loud. <laughs> well, election coming up. Everyone's like, what? Please leave. Looking up from their mozzarella sticks. <laughs> um, you know, is this the idea of like memorizing certain bits, like certain bits if, if they work on 
open mics, you know, live or zoom, then, um, like, great. I'll go ahead and take it. Maybe I'll add on to it. Maybe I'll tweak it a little bit. So if I write, is he just explaining comedy and joke writing to this guy? You know, (laughs) you know, like if I see something's working on an open mic zoom show, I'm going to bring it on the road with me. (laughs) A joke like today. And if I try it like a year from now, it could be like completely different. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, you, you really can't tell because you could be doing a joke a certain way and it does kind of, okay, you're working on it, you're working on it. And then someone suggests. Um, and then one day, five people show up to the back of a show in Maryland and it crushes. <laughs> like, wow, they're not even here for that fan. And you're like, oh man, I've really stumbled onto something. <laughs> That's where Tom's writing process, I think, is fucked, is that people show up to his shows and like, Tom, you are a king, my man. Great. (laughs) And he's like, oh, geez, I guess someday they're going to show up at my grave and leave uh, Doritos (laughs) in my honor. Well, it's great. We get to hear those acts worked out. You know, speaking of Mark Norman, you know, it's just like Mark Norman. You get to see it worked out on a podcast and then eventually taken to the stage. It's interesting. Tom Myers kind of stares that same process, it sounds like. That's that right. The, Both, yeah, you get to uh, peek behind the curtain. That was the segue we could have used at the beginning there, David. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This word to something, what she's, this expression to that expression. Mm. And then it just goes gangbusters. It takes off. So Gangbusters? It, dis- gangbusters. <laughs> it just depends on the joke. You never, mm. you never know. And sometimes you find, like, you're talking about changing that world. You maybe change it on stage while you're talking by mistake or subconsciously. And then, it, yeah, like you say, it gets a big laugh. And you're like, oh, okay, i got to remember that. That's the joke. This guy's just stretching out the pot. He's like, ah, fuck, I've, we've got nine minutes in. He probably, I'm already done. He was probably a victim of all the trolls being like, you have to have Tom Myers on to explain this joke. <laughs> well, here's, here's what I will say about Tom Myers. And this is an actual compliment, I guess. Is that like in his world with like G.D. Fenderson and Christine Knowlton and even like Dat Fan, Tom Myers is the draw. Like Tom Myers is swinging dick in that community now, what Tom doesn't realize is that's because of Come Town and WATP and shows like that talking about him that have made him a legend. He won't accept that. But he is like in those circles, he has closer to an audience than any of them do. Yeah. Like it, undoubtedly. Maybe another t- Tom shows up, they call him Big T. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that was that was the end of it. Okay. Well, could have gone on a whimper there, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I always love I always love when we see Tom doing anything where it's kind of like a breakdown of the art form. Like, that's hilarious to me. The <laughs> idea that the creator of Make America Innate Again is giving you insight, like a peek behind the curtain into comedy, like Mark Maron. No shit. <laughs> I like that he calls it, a, he referred to it as Mecca, as if people are turning to right, they're facing Harvard Grace. Yes, a pilgrimage, a pilgrimage to Haverty Grace, which is what we did. I, yeah, I was going to say, in his defense, that did happen. We got to ha- Oh, you know what? I'm realizing now. David Collins has to have. Oh, I guess you already tried, right? To get Tom Myers on your show. We've we, I could follow through with it, but I feel like he's setting me up with a prank. I understand that Lisa person may not be a real human being. Yeah, it's uh, think, it's it's someone named Tom Myers under a different yeah, email. Yeah, it's it's Tom Myers, but I think you got to go through with him, David. He did Blake tell me him, that he was looking Blake forward to working with me in the future, but he insisted that we go through this avenue. I think you got to do it. I think Tom Myers would be a great David Collins 30 minute half hour show guest. Oh, well, that's great. I yeah. think he'd be a great fan, just like I'm a fan of his. 
Yes, I agree. He, he may be, hopefully he doesn't accuse me of stealing world news from him. I believe that's a common kind of opening style, but he does also do kind of that news joke format a lot, especially at the beginning of his show. Yeah, but he's much more opinionated. You kind of give us the straight news. You're a real journalist, whereas Tom's more of a commentator, you know? Yeah. Oh, that will make him a great guest then. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. I think that needs to happen. Definitely. Okay. What's, uh, what's next, Craig? Um, How's that? How do you like that? What's next, Coleman? Um, <laughs> we can do either Schaub or Coach HP. Ooh, I forgot about Coach HP. Yeah. Let's do Schaub first. Okay. Real quick. I want to support my brother because this actually is people like I think uh, our boy Lieutenant Kirk sent me this and said, you know, make us laugh now, funny boy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would like to point out to Lieutenant Kirk. I was trying to enjoy a comedy show while he was uh, making all kinds of wacky noises behind me. Which was very funny. You know? I was just a straight patron. <laughs> it was very funny hearing him laugh. I got to be honest. Well, I hope everyone that's made fun of Brendan Schaub feels pretty fucking guilty now, huh? I, yep, here we go. All right. <laughs> Let's watch this video, you pricks. Hey, guys. Um, most of my family and close friends know um, my baby girl has been in and out of the hospital since the day she was born, and, uh, she has to have emergency surgery, emergency surgery. On <clears throat> I want to jump out the window on right Thursday. Now. Craig says that's when they're most vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to cancel my tour dates in Nashville and Austin. <sighs> I mean, this is terribly sad, no? Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. So to anyone out there that says like Brendan should have taken a second take, like why did you need to post this just to get people to feel bad for you? I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's the point I'm trying to make here today. He's also coming out and saying himself, so you don't have to be you don't you won't be surprised last second when like why is the right. show? Canceled? That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. One thing it can be. Could anybody clear up if you film something from the front view camera? It usually mirrors, right? So he's filming this from the back view of a camera. Um. My phone only does that, like, so I don't know how. There's a setting. I forget what it is. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Interesting. But, yeah, it was very sad. It was, I, wa I went to see what they were saying about it on Reddit because I was like, ah, they're going to have a tough day here. And the first few comments, shout out to the fighter and the kid Reddit, the first few were people like, hey, guys, we've, we bust Brendan's balls, but let's not, like, this is obviously a real thing. I feel bad for Brendan. Let's leave this one alone. And then you go a few comments down and it's people just being like, Oh, why couldn't Did he have to post that one? He couldn't post a different video where he's not crying. <laughs> yeah. Just making us like, it took about 90 seconds for people to be like, fuck him. <laughs> it's crazy. Even a situation like this, they were like, fuck Brendan. But yeah, very sad. And he's definitely not good enough actor to make this multiple takes. Oh no! It's I. I wonder if Brendan. So this is a um a topic that Lieutenant Kirk broached with me. He said, "Do you think this is going to kind of start like he's had to cancel gigs in the past? Now he's like, you know, um, stepping away from the podcast to be closer to his family and all that." Uh, so that's what he announces. He's taking a leave of absence from the fighter and the kid, and canceling his shows. Um, 
and Lieutenant Kirk asked me, like, do you think he's going to maybe step away from comedy now? Like, is this the first step in him realizing this isn't really the business for him? And my point was, like, Brendan's never struck me as a quitter. Right. No. And I don't know that he should. Like, I hope Brendan comes back with, like, a playful... I really think there's a path for Brendan to succeed. I don't know that it's stand-up, but I think he could be funny on podcasts if he plays plays it right, you know? Right. Well, he was scheduled to be at the Comedy Bar in Dubuque, Iowa, a handful of months ago. Unfortunately, that show was canceled, too. So I'm, I'm maybe that was for the same reason. I understood it was not for such a, such a strict medical reason there, but it sounds like it's a real trend, so I wouldn't be surprised if some people are kind of frustrated by that. Of course, that does clear things up, though. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to play that just to point out that we stand, we're team shop, baby. We uh, having to do, he should, he's selling tickets. People want to see him. There's no reason why he should step back from comedy, of course. And he's still, still somewhat new to it anyway. So I'm sure he's growing. Exactly. Yeah. If the, the problem was the Showtime spell, like that special being on Showtime fucked him. Yeah. Cause it made him a target, but like Brendan compared to a lot of these other guys, doesn't seem like a terrible guy other than, uh, trying to sue people on YouTube and ruining Bobby and Kalila's relationship. No, no, Kalila is a, those things. Kalila is a bitch, and she got everything she deserved. I think. Well, right. well I don't know. That seems like a, the kind of the language of a predator. But you can't sure. you can't blame uh, Brendan Shaw for that. She sucks. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the language that a, a violent man would use, an aggressor <laughs> of sorts. But. To each their own, I suppose. Well, show um, me a man's five best friends. I'll show you the man. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right, David. Uh, he he tweeted out um, after he said surgery was a success. I can't express how much love and support my family felt from everyone. The internet, from my experience, is a dark, awful place. My views have changed recently. The amount of prayers and positive thoughts sent didn't go unnoticed. Can't thank everyone individually, but trust me, I see it. Life is scary Good. for a parent. Forever grateful Good. for the team at the hospital. Thank you. I'm glad. I, I like when things go okay for Brendan. Like he has a win. I mean, obviously it's a very sad situation, but I'm saying where people don't pile on. It seemed like for the most part he was getting good messages, which I like. So exactly. Shout out to our thick brother in arms. <laughs> very thick. Uh, all right, let's dive into Coach HP a little bit because he had a bar stool employee on there recently. Yes. Speaking of Brendan Shop. Yes. Well, that's the only thing that I understand with Coach HP. Of course, I, I assisted in creating oh, an right. intro many weeks ago. And <laughs> oh, some of the portion that I had <laughs> caught up on Coach HP talking with Brennan Schaub. Yes, no, right that's actually a very good segue, David. I apologize for my ignorance. That one went right over my head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, br- yeah, Coach HP, we discovered him by interviewing Brennan Schaub. And he, speaking of like 19-minute podcasts, he had Wallow on from Barstool, mm-hmm. and it was 19 minutes long. So in... So that was, I was going to bring that up because as he says on this, he's like, I have been wanting to do this for four years. I've been prepping yes. for three weeks. Here's my, oh, well here it's his greatest dream as it often is with these people, yeah, but here's 19 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I think here's what I think coach HP is, is he's the ambulance chaser of podcast. Correct. He flags people down gets whatever time he can with them and blows them to try and wedge his way into their lives. He's like a cockroach. <laughs> you, man, you got to understand that I got to prep you with what I'm about to do because it has been four years since I've been waiting to do this with you. 
So I have so many things that I want to get from you, but my he asked him like six ob- questions. Yeah, I don't know. If th- this was like a wallow thing where he's like, I have only this amount of time. I, I mean, that's certainly possible, but then I would say, well, we can't do it. If it's my greatest dream and I've been prepping four years for it, mm-hmm. which why would you prepare four years for something that you had no idea if it was going to happen? Yeah, maybe in a year from now, I'll catch you for an hour. <laughs> It'd be like if I, if I was writing questions right now to have Larry David on, <laughs> doesn't make any fucking sense. Imagine if you had Larry David on and it was 13 minutes. <laughs> 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 I'm like, well, Larry, I don't want to bother you. So. <laughs> Effective with this is let people know that I think you're one of the most underestimated people around right now. Not only your story, but your mindset and how you attack situations and how you present yourself is so undervalued, man. That I think you're a guy that deserves 20 million. Like it, it's just insane, dude. Based on the what? Fucking button. We're hitting the fucking <laughs> twenty million just dollars a year. What? What is that number? I don't know. Followers? I don't fucking. <laughs> David, as a guest, is this how we should be approaching you? Are you upset that we don't kind of praise you enough? Oh no, not at all. I think you've actually praised me very much. So often, I'm <laughs> often hearing compliments coming from you. I'm distracted. Coach AP asked this guy to take his coat off. Stay a while. <laughs> he's already he's wallows ready to get the fuck out of here yeah he, he he's heard yeah i don't know how he gets these guests but i do think like he's an ambulance chaser he just kind of lurks he's going to them correct he's always at their spot. oh yeah he's always flying all over the place and it's always it was my it was my greatest dream to get you on the <laughs> it's never in the same spot he must just be sleeping on the flight <laughs> Yourself is so undervalued, man, that I think you're a guy that deserves 20 million. Like, it, it's just insane, dude. The fucking button. We're hitting the fucking button right now, just so you know. The what? The button. The fucking button? I don't know. Oh, if he, like, we're letting it rip. Either that or he's like, uh, that wasn't recorded. We're going to start now for real. <laughs> and this guest is maintaining eye contact the entire time. Coach HP is looking forward. He's looking at the guest. He's looking at his notes. He's all over the place. You, uh, Coach and, HP, pay this time, guy a little mind. In Wallow's defense, he spent a great deal of time in prison. So he was yes. probably like, this guy might attack me. I gotta or, yeah, maybe he's reading them. Like, what yeah. is this guy trying to fuck me or what's yeah, going yeah, on here? Yeah, he's trying, to get, he's trying to get a read on Coach HP here. There is looking good in these clips too. I think he's lost a little weight this week. Yeah, he does look. He he does look better. He's a ladies' man. He's going to tell us about that. Um, This is my favorite segment from Coach HP. Here's something interesting about you. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to tell us what are what are Wallow's highlights? Because I'm sure they're very different. Like he does his research about every guest. It's not going to be exactly what he said to Brendan Schaub and uh, David Lucas. Certainly, it's going to be different. Wallow, have you heard of Drake? (laughs) <laughs> that's right <laughs> very interesting about Chihuahua is that you're incredibly funny <laughs> your sense of humor comes- this is the best thing because uh, like a million dollars worth of game is a very ball busty show like they'll like yeah. they'll, that's why when you just said you're really funny you just basically mock laughed in his face Oh yeah, he, like play that again because even Wallow is like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? <laughs> but then he, so he's having a guy, and he, I, I haven't listened. You said it is a ball busty show. Yeah, from the clips I've seen. So he's having essentially someone in comedy on, mm-hmm. and he, his introduction is, "You do you know what's interesting about you <laughs> is that you are very funny. People may not know that." 
very interesting about Chihuahua. Like, would you say that if you had fucking Seinfeld on? I don't know. Why, why even bother? Yeah, of course. That's his job, is to be funny. Yeah, you know what's very interesting about you, Jerry Seinfeld? You're uh, one of the most famous comics ever. <laughs> a lot of people may not know that you uh, have a case of the funnies. <laughs> very interesting about Chihuahua is that you're incredibly funny. <laughs> how, like, also, I want to examine how that's interesting. <laughs> hey, you know what's interesting? Uh, you make people laugh. Some people are funny and some people aren't. <laughs> like, he went up to me and said, Hey, you see that guy sitting over on the park bench there? He's funny. He's funny. I wouldn't. Oh, jeez. Now that's interesting. Well, he's going to ponder that for a while. <laughs> Brennan Schaub to David Lucas, and now he's looking at him. He's probably trying to see which side we're on the scale of funny do you fall closer to? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> funny. <laughs> like, like your sense of humor comes like out of control, right? I think that's what has you and the top thing because you get fucking serious top real thing. quick, but yeah. you're funny. Yeah, his, fucking his compliments good. are all very vague. Where you deserve twenty million, and you are right at the top thing. <laughs> you're right at the top <laughs> yeah. thing. Try something a little more specific, Coach HP. I don't know what that could possibly mean. <laughs> and the top thing because you get fucking serious real quick but you're funny as fuck too dude that sense of humor where does that come from um. <laughs> where do you get your ideas from uh what <laughs> so poor wallow like these are actually kind of rude questions to ask someone oh yeah because like wallow now has to answer why he's funny <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I had to develop a personality when I was young. I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I'm not a psychologist. Uh, Why are you so funny? You are you are very funny, so much so you deserve the top thing. Why is that? You know, he what? asks questions like it's a late night show, as if it's already, they've talked it out, you know the answer coming ahead of time, but nobody told the guest what they were supposed to say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hey, Wallo, I understand you are vacationing in Europe, yes? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, he's got some compliments, you know, the ladies. That's shocking that he would go there. <laughs> Dude, you chick. So I, I saw a ton of podcasts with you, right? The best podcast for you by far is when chicks interview you. You change completely. You're like, Mr. Swab, you really kick. I love wow. it. Like, you smile. That's, again, like you did with David Lucas, kind of a backhanded compliment. <laughs> you're actually good with women. I can't believe it. You are, a, you are a bit of a phony because when a woman is in the room, you turn it on. <laughs> All of a sudden, when I see you with a man, you are a charmless loser. When I see you with a woman, oh, you are Mr. Suave. Completely. You're like Mr. Suave. You really think I love it. Like you smile. You're like in the room, right? Let's talk love for a second. Dude, last time we spoke, you were in a relationship. You talked about, you've talked about this publicly, that you went through some uh, miscarriages. It was a real tough point. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Three sentences from Suave. No. Oh my now God! Beware, beware, Mr. Wallow. I have not. I do not have very good bedside manner. Three sentences from Suave. Miscarriage. That's very funny. I I, I understand a uh, zygote discharged from your uh, girlfriend's vagina. Oh my God. Just like you, when my guest is a male, I can't focus. I'm very confused. Not suave at all. <laughs> you, as as someone who is incredibly suave, why don't you tell us about miscarriage? Miscarriage is a real tough point, right? 
now I was thinking I would really like to talk about miscarriage, and I need someone with a lot of charm to walk me through it. <laughs> if you could use your your suave and cunning to walk me through a very trying time in your life. Successful. You're probably better looking than you were before. You're mature. You well, hold on, go back. Right. To David's point, how did we get from suave to miscarriage to your real handsome? <laughs> now. <laughs> go, go back a little bit. Let's talk love for a second. The last time we spoke, you were in a relationship. You talked about, you've talked about this publicly, that you went through some uh, miscarriages. It was a real tough point, right? Now you're extremely successful. You're probably better looking than you were before. You're mature. You In some ways, stuff. the miscarriage was the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> yeah, those kids, the kids avoided those genetics, and we'll get these ones now. Let's talk about love. So you've had these miscarriages. It is a, it is a great privilege to you that your girlfriend's uterus does not work. God damn. Right? <laughs> Do you think, how much do you think it contributed to your success that your girlfriend could not carry a child to term? <laughs> Fucking God. I, HP is unbelievable. Is, is that why you are so successful? <laughs> <laughs> is that why, did, did Dave Portnoy throw all this money at you because of your girlfriend's barren womb? <laughs> <laughs> Mage. I've been married for you are, years. I got ever involved. since, ever since your girlfriend coughed out that fetus, <laughs> you are so much more handsome and glowing. <laughs> Almost like you avoided something life changing. <laughs> <laughs> We're the same age. I've been married for nine years. I got lucky. I married my high school. <laughs> Unlike you with that pig. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Not a, not a barren bitch, unlike your girlfriend. <laughs> Sweetheart, after, you know what I'm saying? She's a 10 and she's the best. I got two kids, right? But you now are in a position where you're dealing with social media. You know, you had miscarriages. I have two kids. What up? I have. My, unlike you, my kids are very much alive. It's the best, but for you. <laughs> I mean, I suppose... If I were to look at the bright side, do you never have to look for a babysitter? This is <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> look at look at Wallace's face on on this screen right now. If you're watching live, he, he's getting a little frustrated. I think <laughs> he's not sure where where this is going. You are you can spend money that you would have otherwise saved for college. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. No, no, sure. I have two beautiful kids and they changed my life tremendously. I would be a wreck without them. But you, you are so handsome. I did have to change the diapers. Not that you know what that's like. <laughs> Something you may never experience. You know, because of the miscarriage that I am so delicately bringing up. After, you know what I'm saying? She's a 10 and she's the best. I got two kids, right? But you now are in a position where you're dealing with social media now, women. You're dealing with a lot of stuff. You're very, you are very much alone. Guy. <laughs> You'll never find trouble. Both in the sense that uh, your girlfriend left you and you do not have children. Uh, <laughs> oh my so God. when you are old and decrepit, no one will take care of you. <laughs> Speak on that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Social media now, women. You're dealing with a lot of stuff. You're a very popular guy. 
what are you thinking about, man? What's your what's your thing with this? How are you thinking? Because I would love to see Wallow raise men. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I wish your kids didn't die because I would love to see you raise them, dude. <laughs> give it give it another shot with perhaps someone who is more fertile. Oh my fucking god. Dude, look at it, Wallow on the screen, dude. <laughs> you, it's very interesting to me because you seem like someone who should be a father and isn't. Hackride with a your, your thoughts. <laughs> Hackride says this is Latin, Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. There's a Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting his foot in his mouth, thinking he's complimenting this guy. <laughs> so you're very funny. I know this bit by Chris Rock. I wanted to go by with you. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> I just I very much enjoy knowing that that's a 20 minute show that episode that <laughs> we're starting it, that to see question why probably took about 10% of the entire episode and he didn't even end with a question that's good that's a good point it's very palatable <laughs> it's very easy to consume <laughs> and like for yes for all to your point David for all the prep work that he did he's been planning four years for this and it's all him shoehorning, like talking about himself into the interview. <laughs> uh, Elon, uh, Elon in the chat says, is he doing the Patrick bet David thing where he sucks the guy off for a ton of minutes before he actually asked the question? No, nope, nope. He doesn't get <laughs> He's to doing a question. half of the Patrick bet David thing, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get to the part that goes viral, which is the questions. <laughs> he actually had so he had Patrick bet David on and basically just asked him about like Dave Portnoy and Joe Rogan. <laughs> Coach HP did, yeah. Oh, we might. Wow. I'll go. Through, I'll go through that. I think we have to. <laughs> Is it my homework assignment now? I'll go through that. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna interview someone who's insanely good at doing what I'm gonna try to do. Well, right now. that's the pr- so I watched a little bit of it, mm-hmm. and my takeaway was like, oh, if Patrick Bet David does most of the talking here, it's not gonna be that interesting. No, it's yeah, you're right. What's interesting is when like Wallow or David Lucas or Brendan Schaub are like, I, do you want me to? Like, just pull my cock out? (laughs) (laughs) Have your way with it? Like, it seems like that's where this is going. Um, This is uh, the last clip here. Yeah, so David, do you know his his signature last question to the guest? Our favorite segment. No, I'm not familiar. He asks, he has the same last question to every guest, and this is always what it is and always how it turns out. Yeah, and it's sprung on quickly and unexpectedly. Yes, they have no no prep time, so it always ends up being a version of the same question. <laughs> I always ask my guests, man, question for me. <laughs> what makes you happy? <laughs> I prepared... My oh, two, I will tell you, my, two, my children are very much alive. <laughs> my two alive children. <laughs> Their coach HP doesn't miss a beat. If you ask him a question, he's got an answer. Oh, I love being a father to two living beings. Thank God they did not end up on my wife's shoes. Question for me. What makes you happy? This. I prepared three weeks for this. By the way, he said that looking very unhappy. <laughs> it's always the the it's sprung on the person, like you said, Craig. So they have no time to think of like what would be a good question for this guy. So they're always like, uh, oh, why do you do this podcast? Or like, what what are your notes on today's episode? And he's always like, oh, well, today was the greatest day of my life. 
<laughs> I, I dove into your life and, and I saw interviews and I got to know it's almost like I know you already I'm obsessed with this process and how I think is because you don't remember the first phone call we had you in the ranking of people why would I here. you said who, who is this and how did you get my number <laughs> why are you asking me about my kids they didn't why make- do you keep calling me privately is what you said to me <laughs> coach HP calls wallow on what would have been his kids birthdays every year <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say I'm deeply sorry that you are not a father I'm deeply sorry you didn't have to get a cake today I'm sorry for the noise in the background. My children are happy and celebrating life for no particular reason. <laughs> They're playing Nintendo way past their bedtime. Don't you hate when that? Ha- oh wait. Twice. <laughs> I'm here, right? But immediately I have something in me that goes. I gotta hold. wait. I have to back up a little. With this process, and how I think is because you don't remember the first phone call we had. You in the ranking of people. You're here, right? And success wise. I'm here, right? But he Where is he way beneath him? Where is he? Uh, about inch above the head to the chin. Those that's the difference. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Coach HP is still up to the chin though. He's made yeah, it that's, up. That's pretty good. Yeah. He's above his hand is above his elbow for a little perspective. <laughs> he could go down. <laughs> I gotta help Waddle. I don't know why, but I gotta help Waddle. I gotta. Help I am chin level, which means I am above being scooped out of your wife's vagina. <laughs> look at Waddle. Every time I pause this, look at Waddle's face, dude. <laughs> Describe it to me if you would. Uh, his eyes are half open, and he just looks Waking like up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been twenty minutes yet, <laughs> dude? He just he just said, uh, I don't know why, but I have to help Waddle. <laughs> I'm here, right? But immediately I have something in me that goes, I gotta help Waddle. I don't know why, but I gotta help Waddle. I gotta help Waddle. And I go, man, I would assume you love David. I would assume Gilly and Wallow are on like the higher end of Barstool's payroll, right? Uh, I think they're making a million dollars a year on contract. Worth of game. Yes. Yes. I, they signed. They signed like an insane contract like a year or two ago. Million dollars. I mean, that's pretty good. Maybe maybe they could do better. They deserve twenty million apparently, according to Coach HP. <laughs> but his instinct is to see that, see that these guys signed for a million dollars a year or something. I don't know if that's true. But let's say it's a big number. <laughs> they, these men need my help. Coach HP to the rescue. You know, I think he's trying to be like, dude. I helped you before you signed that contract. If you want to break me off a piece of that, would you like me to impregnate your wife? <laughs> You can say it's yours. Look, we both have bald heads. <laughs> Goggins, I go, this guy, this guy. I got three more guys that I'm thinking about, right? That I thought about right now. I go, when I sit with them, after I'm done, I'm going to tell them, this connection, this plug, this plug, this is the next move, you know? That's what makes me happy. So I never think about myself. I'm obsessed with helping others. <laughs> oh, my fucking that's, God. That's balls. Like, I'll never do Rogan in my life, but if I do, I'm absolutely saying... You're welcome, Joe. <laughs> you know, I saw you and I went, I have to help Joe. I have to help Joe. Joe, you're welcome for having me on. <laughs> I saw you. I, they were going after you for the N-word stuff. And I said, I need to save this man. Coach HP made his own N-word compilation to distract. <laughs> <laughs> Just to help get the, the heat off him. <laughs> Oh That's, my god! That would have been, by the way, if Coach HP just dropped the N word to Wallow, it would have been more comfortable than the miscarriage conversation. That was, <laughs> oh my god, that was one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen. 
I guess so. I guess his point was that Wallow has talked about it, so I assume he's comfortable with the conversation. But the introduction of it was so bizarre. I thought his point was how comfortable he was with women hosting the podcast. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's how he brought it up. Is like you in front of ladies. I've I'm, never seen anything. like I may or may not be comfortable talking about it, but when you're rubbing your alive kids in my face in a really strange way, I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> you, we, you and I are very different. I have a beautiful family and your girlfriend fears she cannot reproduce. <laughs> your girlfriend's a pig. Mine's a 10. <laughs> Fucking strange. Uh, I love coach HP. Yeah. May, maybe I should look more into the Patrick bet. David thing. I saw a clip of it and it seemed like a lot of, Patrick Bed David doing the heavy lifting, but I'll uh, I'll give it a thorough examination. That's not surprising <laughs> like at all. Yeah. 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 Excuse me. Um hmm. So we have a couple of things we could go to next. David, you're a you're a stand-up fan. Have you ever um are you aware of GD Fenderson at all? Only as far as your show and Austin Ingalls. Would you like to watch a little bit of him? Because I think you're a guy. Much like your points about Tom Myers, I think you have insight that a lot of us don't have. Well, I think maybe you could shine a light on G.D. Fenderson. Yeah, certainly. I'd love to take a look there. And certainly he's somebody that, you know, like I said, this whole project is going to have to be I, I can put together this five minutes of material that we'll be working out at places this week. But eventually, if I'm going to be headlining any of these clubs, I need to build about 35 to 40 minutes of material. G.D. Fenderson oh. is probably a great example of that. I understand he has a couple of specials. Yeah, well, you're going to want to you're going to want to take some notes here because. He has a two-hour special available on YouTube that we've been diving through. We're about 25 minutes into it. Yeah. Um, wow. So I, I didn't realize how late it was, but we'll we'll do a little bit. We'll hear a joke or two from G.D. Fenderson if you're okay with that. And uh, for us with Vision, we have to keep uh, – he has, like, director's cut notes that he, he puts. subtitles that add the tags, if you will. Yeah, he tags he, – he, it's like when he went, ah, I should have said this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a great way of describing it. Like that, he went back and watched it and was like, "This might have been a better joke." He updates them every year. Yeah, let's <laughs> see. It's just the moms that did all these for the kids. You know, when now think about this: back to Baltimore riots. You have all these police officers in all this riot gear and tear gas and pellets and shields, and there's this little knucklehead out there acting up. And who went out there? and grab that little son of a bitch by the ear. <laughs> Toya Graham. Yeah, Toya Graham went there like, is that, no, that's not my son. Oh shit. I don't know this reference, Craig, are you familiar? Nope, I'm waiting for him to tell me about it on the screen and it's just not coming. Okay, <laughs> is this America's Tiananmen Square? I'm not familiar either. <laughs> Hold no, you take my earrings? <laughs> and I'm gonna need that shoe because I'm gonna hit him with something. And she went and <laughs> this is the beautiful thing. It says repercussion protocol callback. Like we <laughs> don't remember <laughs> repercussion protocol. Oh, something I remember. He talked about his mom forgetting birthdays or some shit. I don't know if that is anything. Yeah, but that can't be what it is. Well, he talks about the NFL and concussions. Maybe it says repercussion, not concussion. Repercussion protocol. Yeah. Maybe that got was him. Punchline. Maybe that was a perfect time. Got him. <laughs> I can't remember. She needs to be a head coach. She needs to be a head coach. When those players get out there and start acting a fool and start like a Dominican Sue, kicking the player, stomping another quarterback, cleaning off his cleats. I wasn't stomping him. I was just cleaning off my cleats. I thought it's- it just said, welcome Matt Castle. That's it. 
Moving on. <laughs> Why is he slamming? You got, I, I say this every time we cover GD. He's unique in the sense like, has there ever been a comedy special that references Matt Castle? Maybe Ngannikin Sue famously stomped him. I don't remember. I get, but still, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I don't Come know. I'm, I'm trying to help the guy. <laughs> also, this is a spot on impression of Ndamukong and Sue. <laughs> I'm going to get the quarterback. <laughs> Toya Graham, take care of his ass. You know, and women being head coaches. I, I'm guessing something to do with the Baltimore rights that he's talking about. Well, if only we had the internet at our fingertips. It's a very sports heavy joke. It makes sense. I mean, they're the disciplinarian quite often. So they have mastered the timeout. They have mastered, they have mastered the timeout. Oh, God. I don't even know what that said. It said something. Black audience, what's a timeout? <laughs> what? That's what is that a white thing? I, apparently, he's making it some I didn't know sort. That's but this is... I mean, this is, he's geared, and he thinks he's got a gem here with a timeout joke. I I give him credit for calling out what a bomb it was, at least. <laughs> he does that go, the whole go time. Go back a little bit. The whole time. They have mastered the timeout. <laughs> okay, fine. It wasn't all that funny. <laughs> it will be in two more beers. <laughs> Robbie, get them some more beer, and I'll do that joke in about five minutes. I'll do it again. I, I gotta say, I've been drunk on podcasts before. I've never had two beers and suddenly been like, boy, you know who's funny? G.D. Fenderson. Yeah, you know what, Mike? Uh, bottom of the screen right now, it says DVD equals. Do you have any uh, guess? DVD equals. Mm -hmm. DVD equals. Is it related to alcohol? Yes. Yes. DVD equals. This is a great game. GD Fenderson. What's the what's the tag that he wrote underneath <laughs> the joke? Because we can do this. DVD equals X number of shots. Maybe. No, no. It's uh, words that for DVD. That's my hint. No. Oh, yeah. oh, um, drunken. Close. Keep going. I don't know. I don't know. Drunk viewing demanded. <laughs> <laughs> GD, this is 10 years after the DVD player has been deemed irrelevant. <laughs> now, the other important thing about women being head coaches, it's like toward the end of a game, you know, the Patriots are beating another team by 40 points. And there's like Why three minutes left in the game. Team? And Tom, I think, did, was this filmed back when the Patriots were just cruising? So I believe it was filmed in 20. He makes a couple Patriots references that are very specific. That made me think it was filmed in maybe like 2016. Okay. Because he, remember, he also talks about Ray Rice. Right, right. But he didn't release it for years, I guess. This fucking guy. Brady won't come out. Bill, Bill Belichick is going, Tom, 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 Tom. Yes, Brady, that's, Brady, 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 Brady. That's always been Belichick's demeanor. <laughs> yeah. You know, the old impression of, of Bill Belichick. Hey, everybody, it's crazy Bill. <laughs> and Tom's going, nah, nah, I can't hear. he's got headphones in his helmet and you he can't hear Bill Belichick saying, Tom, I need you to come out so Garofalo can play or Bristol can play. Uh, oh, you know, that, that's, no, this is a reference. Happen. 
you might be wondering who Bristol is. Any, do you have any guesses now? Bristol. Am I, wasn't there a, is that the wrong name? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Jacoby Brissett. Yes. <laughs> That's what made me think this was like 2016. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you want to get Bristol in the game, which by the way, that's so often, if it wasn't for Tom Brady's suspension, Belichick would always be like, Hey, let's get Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett a few reps. Jacoby Bristol. <laughs> Jacoby Bristol. But let that be a woman. <laughs> yes. The the men's me also movement. <laughs> Go back. None of this is making any sense. Go way back. Go back like 30 seconds. Got it. And Tom's going. Such a, He's got hips on. If anyone that knows, you know, if you're not that familiar with football, uh, and if you have always assumed that Bill Belichick is this animated guy and that on the field, Tom Brady is this laissez-faire who right. gives a shit guy. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too familiar with football. Is Tom Brady known as kind of a dainty runner? Yes, he's never been particularly passionate about the game. He doesn't. He never gives the refs too much guff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In his helmet, and you can't hear Bill Belichick saying, Tom, I need you to come out so Garofalo can play or Bristol can play. Uh, you know, that, no, it's not happening. But let that be a woman. What is he referring to? What's that? Why on earth? I, like, I don't even understand the premise where in this world we need female coaches because they'll have an easier time getting the greatest quarterback ever off the field. <laughs> oh, is that what he's going to do? Like uh, uh, the man in the house will do whatever the woman says. Is that the joke? I guess so. Yeah, that's, it seems like what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, someone's like, no, <laughs> Tom's not winning that argument. He's not even trying. Matter of fact, she doesn't even have to call his name. He is ready to snap the ball. She'll go. <clears throat> <laughs> Think about what you're about to do. <laughs> don't, don't laugh at that. And he'll come David. over. <laughs> and he'll sit on the bench like he's holding Giselle's purse outside of a dressing room door. Yep, because no. that's where they shop. And women should be head coaches because when a player has done okay, his I very best. Wow. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what he's about to say. Oh, I thought that the entire time. It seems like it's all made up. <laughs> These are not written punchlines. No. And that's well, why I think he's. Go ahead, David. Well, it sounds like he's riffing some of the time. And then he says, oh, no, I've been doing too much riffing. I need to get back to my material. And then he stutters a little <laughs> bit and then he's back on track. Yeah, I think I think right now he's thinking, what? Come on, GD. <laughs> you we, got something here, buddy. We need to get you on his show, Mike. Get me on his show? Yeah. Oh, I love that. We have to. To try to get a first down and he doesn't make it, a woman knows just the right thing to say to a man that comes up a few inches short. <laughs> Send in the backup. <laughs> I knew. I knew there was a tag coming. <laughs> it's not going to be in the microphone, though. <laughs> <laughs> Send in the backup. I don't think GD knows what football is. I don't think so either. I mean, after all, football is a game of inches. Nice. Cock joke. Inch ball for most, football for a few. Wait, what? He's talking about dick size. This is the one. We all we always get hung up on one. <laughs> I no, no. need to this I need to figure one. out. I get what he's saying here. I get this one. It's just inch not- ball for most. Yeah. Football's a game of inches. Inch ball for most. Football. Oh, inches instead of feet. 
Yeah, and football for like the real hung guys. Got it. Okay. All right. Nice job, Craig. Is there any chance that these words are being projected on the projector behind him? No, it looks like it's off and useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a sound guy just sitting there waiting to hit the drops for him. That'd be great. People could sing along with his bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it lights up like karaoke. <laughs> the ball is bouncing on each word. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm the youngest and the least fucked up of a litter of four. Now, I say litter. It said, Back to le- cats. It said least is still fucked up on the bottom of the screen there. Yeah, we got the joke, GD. <laughs> As an homage to my father and what he called my mom when they had disagreements. <laughs> And see, and I know what you're thinking, but I really, really do not condone any man calling his wife old yeller. Lassie, maybe. What does that mean? Old yeller is a dog. Lassie's a... I know, I know. I understand that. So he called the wife old yeller. Old yeller gets shot behind a barn. Lassie is like a hero. Right. So he's, th- he's saying the wife should be brought up back and shot. Yeah, and then he tagged it with the maybe we should call her Lassie instead. Yeah, yeah, I got it. But but again, not into the I, microphone. You know what? I'm getting hung up too early. Hear where he goes with it. That is going to leave you puzzled. I forgot I already heard this. I'm sorry. Usually this. Oh, okay. Is that a? It, that it a doesn't comment? matter how. Oops, sorry. Guys. What's that, David? Well, maybe is that is that just a, maybe a, a black family thing? Whereas you know, back <laughs> back in I'm not sure his age, but you know, maybe a white family would say that battle axe, and they were saying old yeller. David, you you might be onto something, but let's see where he goes with it because he's about to enter some confusion in the mix here. Oh, lighter skin is. Oh, go back. I want to hear the full cut. Yellow wives matter. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) You got a taste. (laughs) It, It doesn't matter how lighter skin is. Yellow wives matter. So, is she she not black? I have no fucking idea, but it just says all wives matter on the bottom of the screen. Certainly hope she's not Asian. That's what I was wondering, David. Yeah, I didn't know if he was making an edgy joke there. I don't think he knows. That's my guess. I don't think he knows what he just said. (laughs) Yellow wives matter. I didn't say it. Hmm. All right, let's keep going. I see, but my mom, she believed in magic. She believed in magic. But she believed in the magic of three little words, I'm your mother. And she thought saying those three little words just made everything better. No matter what your problem was, everything was just better because I'm your mother. GD is great at like dinner party chatter. Yeah, he, this is like uh, the old guys at the job site. Chatter. Oh, my mother? Yeah, I mean, she, she was a magician. Could always win an argument. With the drink of model disappear. That explains the yellow. <laughs> <laughs> so when the rest of the litter was teasing me, calling me ugly, adopted. Wait, are his parents Asian? Yeah, they did like the reverse adoption thing where it's usually an Asian being adopted. I think adopted. it's just regular adoption. 
It's like a rock, paper, scissors thing. <laughs> I don't think when you ado- adopt a black child, they're like, this is a reverse adoption. <laughs> well, it's usually, it's, it's usually I think the, it's just a normal adoption. Well, oftentimes Asian babies are adopted. In Craig's mind, they're like, "Hey, no one wants these, right?" <laughs> that this is, must be a reverse adoption. That's not what I said. <laughs> no, it's a forwards adoption. <laughs> Ugly. Adopted. I could go to my mom. Boy, it's mom? weird to drop that on us a half hour into the special and not mention it. Yep. Is he adopted? I don't know if or I Google, his, Google. Or was that like problem. a, he's not going to come up on Google. <laughs> you still haven't Googled who the fuck Toya Graham is, for God's sake. <laughs> Principal Uncertainty <laughs> says we can't give him away. <laughs> <laughs> That's Craig's mindset. So hey. what I'm saying. Yeah, come down, come on down to Tyrone's adoption agency. Where we're just we're trying to pull off some reverse adoptions. You think I'm ugly? Of course not, boy. I'm your mother. Now I'm gonna all better. I'm gonna uh, assume she's not Asian, just judging by that impression. Yeah, maybe. Hey, David, I've got an idea. I think I'm curious to see what you think of this. You ever seen the documentary Comedian with Jerry Seinfeld? I have not. So in that documentary, it's Jerry Seinfeld. They follow Jerry Seinfeld and his like path back into stand-up. And they also follow Orny Adams, who's like a younger um, uh, up-and-comer, I guess, at the time. In your documentary, would you consider also covering G.D. Fenderson, who's at a different stage in comedy? I think that'd be very interesting. In what capacity? That would be interesting. <laughs> I think you and GD hit the road together. I think those are two personalities I'd like to see mix. Oh, that would be fantastic. It would be somebody maybe I could just get into. Op- I need. I will probably probably part of the process will be opening for another comedian at some point, maybe a couple of times, and kind of going through and learning how that operates. So, there you GD go. Fenderson I'm would saying, be a great person. Do you think David that he's more accessible than Tom Myers? I think he would be. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go through the ruse of having a publicist or anything. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to talk and maybe even get on a road trip and see if things get a little weird with GD Fenderson. I like it. All right, let's try and get through one more joke here, if that's possible. I think this is a two-hour run-on story. <laughs> and the story is now the first parents were pretty normal, it seems like. His parents didn't like when the every, kids break Every shit. story he tells is like a stereotype of parents, <laughs> other than that god-awful chip story he told. <laughs> My mom saw me wearing a condom. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. Oh, you second. know what? We're not going to get through this one. No, too long. I'm going to leave you guys, ironically, with blue balls. <laughs> because this one's too long to get into right now. Next David, time. I'm sorry. Next time. That is something. What a special that he has there. <laughs> yeah, it's two hours. We're about a, a half hour into it. So It's great that uh, you're getting ahead of it before anybody picks it up. <laughs> I'm trying, David. I'm, well, I'm trying to show more people. People, can, people are free to watch this now if you want. Um, all right. <laughs> God, what are you laughing at? I thought he was going to say something. I did too, but <laughs> <laughs> I've learned not to expect it. Yeah, yeah. expect the unexpected. Yeah, um, guys, please, for the love of God, go check out David Collins' thirty-minute half-hour show. I saw you had a big bump from WATP. Right, and, it was something. Um, especially that one episode got a lot of views there. Not a lot of it I translated into subscribers, but. Percentage-wise, that is, of course, actually, it did boost our numbers by a very sizable amount. 
For sure. Well, keep keep that going for David. Get him to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. And uh, he just had uh, the great Eric Nagel on. Ooh. Right. How exciting. A true radio veteran. It was very nice to talk with him. Now, are you an Opie and Anthony fan? Admittedly, admittedly, I am familiar with the Opie and Anthony show. Of course, it's a little some of the darker things and some of the maybe bullying, as you would describe it, a little sure. against, but so much of the humor. And I love a show that's bringing comedians onto the show so consistently. Okay, because I've always noticed you have similarities to both uh, Opie. You guys both started radio when you were 18. Right, of course. And I've, I, I think when I was on with you, you mentioned you were friendly with Scorch. Certainly only on one occasion, but it's not that hard. <laughs> if you go up to Wisconsin and to one of these radio conventions, you can certainly run into him. Okay, yeah, you guys pass ideas back and forth, sort of. Right, I believe he's doing my what the F, dude. <laughs> That's a good game. I wondered where he got that. <laughs> All right, yeah, go check out David <laughs> and... Uh, Follow him everywhere and uh, go to his live show, by the way, February 9th. I actually, at this point, I don't know if that's really happening, but if it is, <laughs> go to it. <laughs> Certainly. There's a poster on the Instagram. <laughs> okay. Go check out David if you're in uh, the Iowa area. Uh, that sounds like a fun evening, February 9th. And uh, follow David. He's a friend of the family now. And um, blindmike.net is where you can get all the stuff involving this program, all the free links. Uh, you can subscribe, Patreon, YouTube, uh, become a member. We appreciate it. We're here every Sunday at 10 a.m. If you listen to the show, you can also watch us live on YouTube. Um, and then uh, Craig allegedly has a podcast. Yes, I do have a podcast. You can check it out at verygoodshow.org, uh, either uh, Very Good Show or Rubbed Out. What uh, what kind of kids have you been scouting lately on that program? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Dude. I said, what kind of, kind of topics have you been scouting lately? <laughs> Uh, we're doing one called the reading man this week. Uh, what is that? Uh, it's a murder that Tim's going to bring it's us like to when it. a dad, when a dad is in bed reading, he's probably distracted. So it's time to <laughs> sneak into the kid's bedroom window. I don't like this at all. <laughs> nope. He calls that the reading man. <laughs> That's not it, but it's a good, it's a good context clue. Guess, I guess. Reading the newspaper for newborn reports. Oh, come on, David. I thought we were friends, dude. Right away, David. Get in on this. No, uh, <laughs> oh, dude. All right, everybody. Support the boys. Oh, and uh, go follow Hack Ride and DJ Electrify also. They're part of this program. <laughs> I guess but DJ Electrify. Hack Ride still. If you're looking for something to watch right now, I think Hack Ride is still broadcasting. So go over to uh, Hack Ride's channel and check that out. Yes, do that. All right. See you guys later. And we have a mean transition. Sappers clear the way. Airborne all the way. Now, this is very interesting. To, now, really, ladies, if you listen in, and men, and everybody in between. If I tell you you've got a homicide, buddy, you've got a homicide. I hope you hear from you soon. I am proud to own the Trumpy Bear, and I will always be proud to be an American. Until then, have yourself a great day, and as always, rock on. Stop the baloney, huh? What kind of statement is that? I wrote it. One of my favorite players to cover when he was here was Mike Vrabel. Tell me a Mike Vrabel story. Whatever, dude. I keep it cool at the gym. <laughs> Piss on him. All right. Stop my.
my belly hurts. My dad was in the military. What's that, sir? Can you please kindly F off, please? If a person is on a bridge threatening to jump, how do we know that he wants help? Anyway, God bless America. <laughs>